Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Piper's Dojo audio experience. I've been doing some long-form uh, conversation collection here lately. You, uh, you may have heard the first one with Blair Brown uh, recently. Um, this next one is with a guy called Joe Brady, and there's a bunch of Joe Bradys on the East Coast of the United States. This particular one... Um, He's not really pipe major of the Wake and District Pipe Band anymore, but he's instrumental in that band and in their success. And I just think he's a super fascinating guy. And I finally got the chance to meet up with him and document a really cool conversation with him. So that is what's coming up here shortly. Um, meanwhile, all of these podcast materials are brought to you, of course, by the Pipers Dojo and Dojo University. And if you like what we do, we highly recommend heading over to dojouniversity.com and signing up for a membership, even if it's just for a month to check out what we're all about. But uh, we have a lot of members out there in the world who have really seen the light that what we're doing at Dojo is super important. So uh, head over there today if you're interested. And meanwhile, check out this great, fairly long conversation with Joe Brady. You know, turn it on in the car and start driving around. That's what I like to do with podcasts. And that's why we're doing these conversations. So I hope you enjoy. And here comes our Joe Brady conversation. So I, I like podcasts that are like fly on the wall style you know and that's kind of what i want this to be so no literally no rules as to what we can talk about with the exception of the fact that certain things if said could cause a decrease in uh, dojo u membership understood that's basically my only concern though so um you're from chicago originally so what like so can you paint me a picture I don't know that much about you. As a matter of fact, let me cut you off right there. And I've never met you before. Yeah. So uh, not in the flesh. Right. But we've had good conversations. Right. Uh, let me stop you right there. Who is the guy, the tall guy with the beard? The tall guy with the beard from my band. From Wake. Ken McKevney. That's who I thought you were in my brain. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. It's, it's okay. Uh, I, Michael Gray thinks that I'm Joe Brady from New York. So. Well, that's what Carl thought. Oh, Fair enough. Carl sitting over there. So we're, if, we're, if anyone by some sad turn of events is listening to this, we're in Kansas City in our hotel room, which is very spacious. It is. I, I, I commented that, wow, they got a suite. And uh, this did not used to be the case. As a matter of fact, two years ago, we got here to Kansas City. We get the live stream set up. Everything's going well. We're feeling good. Carl and I, you know, turned in early. We were going to be up early on the Friday night. Like... 12.30 in the morning, you hear a key slide into the door. And like, who was it that came in? We don't know. Andrew Douglas. <laughs> yeah, like someone was also given our room and they were checking in and they like opened the door. We're like sleeping, you know, like we thought that was it. The new party comes in, drops their bags. Goes into the bathroom. And like, we kind of, I kind of flipped out like what the... Like it was, I was not prepared for it at all. And uh, so as a matter of fact, this, uh, maybe this is because of that. Maybe they gave us this nice room. You did well. It was wild. Um, <clears throat> so I thought you were Kevin McKevney in a weird way, even though I kind of know Kevin a little bit. Ken. Ken. See, I don't know. Joe. I don't know anybody. Ken. Kevin McKevney. Why did I have Kevin McKevney? Is there it's a because, Kevin McKevney out there? It's because his last name sounds like Kevin. Yeah, we just call him Groot. What's that all about? Uh, uh, 
the space rangers of the galaxy, guardians of the galaxy. I feel like you guys are on a whole different level of nerddom. There is uh, quite a bit of nerddom there. I, I am associated with it, yes. I'm a nerd, but it's like of a different kind, maybe? Okay. Yeah, you're nodding like you're trying to No, be I don't nice. think you're a nerd, though. We're, we're definitely nerds. If, if we're in, we have some people that are really into Captain America and See, uh, Marvel, and I'm not that guy, that's, but I, that's I, bullshit. I play along. That at all. You're not into that at no. all. Dungeons and Dragons, you into that? Uh, no. Oh. No. You're okay. a Dungeons no, I'm and not Dragons. Into, no, you are. No, no, not since I was eight years old have I been into Dungeons and Dragons. What is Dungeons? I mean, That's I'm old. vaguely aware. We had some people like in the band over the years that were into it. Like, uh, it's you sit around in a room and and like you roll dice to construct a narrative. Sure. Yeah. But like, what is like? I'm obviously missing what it's all about because some people are super into it. I think it's a choose your own adventure story. So like, what happens? I don't know. It's you don't know. You I, don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. All right. I'm not sure I believe that. So you're so you're from you're not you're not Kevin McKevney. I'm not I'm definitely not Kevin or you're Ken not McKevney. Ken McKevney either. Right. And you're from Chicago. Born and raised. And so did you learn to pipe in Chicago? I did with a, a band called the Stockyard Kilty Band. Stockyard Kilty. Carl kind of Carl's also from Chicago. So Stockyard Kilty Band. So you probably know the McKees. Ah, yes. I mean, two different sides of the city, quite literally. I have a, I have a fellow in my band that he grew up in the Midlothian program, John Schottler. And, uh, you know, as kids growing up in competing bands, we, didn't, we never met. So, I mean, what got you into it? Uh, growing up, Southside, Irish, Catholic. Mother gave me two choices, bagpipes or priesthood. You're, you're uh, kidding. No, I'm not kidding. So, like, your mother's very religious? She, yeah, she cleans the church uh, three times a week, yes. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. And your mother, is it because you were getting into trouble or something? No, it wasn't what? into trouble, but the pipe band did keep me out of trouble. I, I kind of believe that, and I kind of don't. No, I mean, there, there's, there's a generation of kids in Chicago that they spent Friday nights in a VFW hall and uh, weren't out on the streets gallivanting. Got it. So you're practicing and you're kind of into it. Yeah. And then as a player, like, were you, did you do solos or just played in the band? Just played or, in the band. And then, and then you, like, like uh, what bands, so you start off with the Stockyard Kilties. Played in the Stockyard Kilties. And then what? Uh, then uh, became a policeman and had to play with the uh, the service band there, the Emerald Society. You said had to play. What is that? Oh, mean? you have to. I mean, if you're if you're a cop in Chicago, you got to play with the police band. Were they a good band? They're a good group of people. Wow! And if they heard this podcast by some freak of oh, nature, they they, they, they have other adjectives for Joe Brady. So uh, oh, so you're not popular with them anymore? I'm I I am popular with the Chicago police. I still play with the Chicago police band. Right. And uh, I, I had the uh, the privilege to play. There's two bands in Chicago that are for the police. There's the Chicago police and then there's the Emerald society, which is kind of an Illinois law enforcement band. Okay. So. And so you were, you probably came into like the police band and you kind of knew what you were talking about to a degree, to a degree. Right. And then that can be sometimes not the most popular thing in police and or sometimes it's bands. better just to sit in the back of the room and keep your mouth shut. I mean, I get the impression and I don't know, uh, like for, you know, I'm not like a firefighter type at all. Can't perceive it. It's that doesn't compute in my brain. Running into a burning building. Yeah. Yeah. I like, wouldn't do it either. You know, so. so, so like that's not so, but like, that's kind of the culture, right? It's like you, you pay your dues only by paying your dues. That is part of the culture. Yes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yes. And it's like, doesn't matter what, you know, you're the new kid on the block for the first like X number of decades. You keep your mouth shut. Hmm. Definitely. And as you're approaching retirement, you're allowed to like 
Uh, about the 15 year mark. Crazy. Halfway I mean, but that's there. what it is, right? Yeah. The culture. Um, and, and, uh, we have, I have in-laws that are in, involved in like, you know, police and fire and stuff. And like, that's definitely the vibe, especially when they talk about bagpipes. You know? Sure. They're like, Oh, do you know? So-and-so it's like, yeah, I know him. He's like, he's, he's like, we hear he's, he's a good piper. Right. And I'm like, well, I, I think the bands are getting better. Yeah. And some guys, there are uh, certainly in our area, the occasional guy in a service band is at least interested in improving. Yes, and it, well, improving himself, and they do want to improve the band, yeah. but that that's a hard change with the yeah, bands. Yeah, and, and it's just like, uh, I don't know. So is there any hope of somehow like infiltrating that culture, not in like a bad way, but in a way such that suddenly police and or fire bands are super fired up about like the quality? So there's a group, uh, I believe they're in Texas, was a KTA, Keeping the Tradition Alive. They were doing seminars down there. Yeah. So when they approach it, from the aspect of in-service training because that's a normal thing for for police and fire for public safety that when they approached kta kind of like that type of training they got a bunch of people on board right like it's ringing a bell for me so it's like a big convention of people from all over that like come in right to learn i think the brown brothers teach at it i think so yeah Yeah. i think bands are doing it and they even look at you know the my band in raleigh and you know we have public safety tied to our name because that's part of our mission and you know we're we're so you're like a you're like a pig and shit because (laughs) like because you get you i mean needless to say right waken district is a band of extremely high quality playing and it wasn't always like that yeah well i mean uh i mean i haven't known about the band that long but since i've known about you guys that's been your reputation. So we, we kind of live in two different worlds. One, we're a public safety band. I remember when we first came on the scene, uh, Sandy Jones, was, was he came up to Lock Norman and introduced himself to us and said, thank you for coming out and playing. It's great to see you here. So at that time, we were a public safety band, you know, because we weren't the greatest band. Right. And now the public safety bands say that we're a competition band. Yeah, like they don't, it's almost like they right. don't want to be in the same Venn diagram as you anymore. Correct. And yeah. I think that that is starting to change now because a lot of the public safety bands we talk to, they want to see their band improve. What is the attachment to, I'll just say what I was going to say and I just, I'll just apologize. So what is the attachment to sucking for some of these groups? For like, And the reason I ask is, I know for a fact, because I'm in the business mm-hmm. pretty deep, I know for a fact it's easier and more fun to like work to improve your playing. I don't think some of them know how bad they are. You don't know what you don't know, which can include that sucking isn't actually, or that not sucking isn't actually not that hard. Or what it's right? supposed to sound like. What what it's supposed to sound like. Yeah, like is that what it is? All right. I think I sometimes think that's what it is. And, and they see the culture of bagpipes where they'll they'll see the World Pipe Championships and they'll want to play that tune that Field Marshal or Inverary played. Yeah. And they have no business playing that. They should stick to Minstrel Boy. And there's nothing wrong with that. But play Minstrel Boy well or play Amazing Grace well. You see some of these bands. They got like 25 guys out there. It's like and then and then you look at, you know, grade 5 competing bands, let's mm-hmm. say. And they've, they've got like six people and they would literally kill to have 25 people. Right. And, uh, well, maybe we'll see a shift, uh, this year at least with USPA having sanctioned public safety contest. Okay. I'm aware that this is like a thing. So walk me through what it is. I don't know what the thing is. I, I want to see it. I know yet either. I want to see it unfold. Um, it started, I've seen a couple of contests sponsor 
a public safety contest where I think it was in Florida where they did it, where it was fire bands were, were encouraged to come out and play a set. Now, I also know in Washington, D.C. each May, the uh, National Police Memorial Foundation hosts a pipe band competition. And for the past few years, uh, the Border Patrol band goes out and they do very well. And that's a very squared away band. Yeah. Um, the Chicago Police Band goes out and they do well. And there's another band from Texas that's, I think, affiliated with uh, either Silver Thistle or one of the other bands out there. So, um, so you're like, so you're definitely, and I mean, let me, let me see here. So you're definitely really into the public service angle. I'm doing, I'm into doing the right things for the right reasons. Which are what? Well, for public safety, it's giving, giving those fallen police officers and firefighters a fitting tribute. I, you know, it's weird. And I don't want to come off as someone that's qualified to discuss these things in any way. Because like I said, it would, it would cost a large amount of money to convince me to be willing to run into a burning building. Like, like uh, Andrew, I'm not running into a burning building either. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, so I don't want to sound like I'm qualified. But I totally agree with you. And, uh, and, and as a person who just kind of believes that you know, the bagpipe deserves like the same kind of treatment you would offer to other mastery oriented skills. Right. Or, or even what they do for a living. Yeah. Treat it that way. Yeah. Like, uh, and then, and uh, yeah. And then to think that like so many heroic people are being sent off and it's not that they don't sound perfect. That bothers me. It's right. that there's no, is that there's no intention to sound even decent. But do they know what that sounds like? I don't know. That my answer is I don't think they do. I don't think they do either. So th- I think that might be the issue. Less, and again, I, I think that's starting to change. We're seeing more and more of that. There's a new band, a new fire band that started in Alabama, and they reached out to us saying, you know, what are the things that we should be doing as a public safety band? Well, the first thing is you don't need 20 tunes in your repertoire. Here's three tunes. Yeah. Play them perfectly. Don't get them wrong. Yeah. It's it's weird because, uh. <clears throat> Because I think that's part of the thing. So one of the things I'm definitely passionate about is, you know, someday an American band, let's say, winning the worlds or contending. It's something that's all that's definitely high on my personal like priority list. But one of the and and I've kind of like dabbled. I've I've put my feet in that arena, right? Uh, you know, we had a lot of success with Oren Moore before things fell apart, and like I have experience. I've been there. I've been to the World Championship final with an American band. Very exciting. But um, as anybody in the game knows, making the final is nothing compared to what winning is going to be. Right. You're like, you're still 10 light years away. But one of the things that has become really apparent to me through that process is like the bands that are making it to, you don't have to work, you can touch the court okay. or whatever. Like this isn't that kind of show. Like my mom is listening and I'm going to listen to it twice and that's about it. Uh, that, I mean, fair enough. Thanks, Carl. (laughs) You probably won't even be able to hear that. So, but one of the things that becomes really apparent to me, like in participating in the process is the only hope you have of actually being successful towards the top is like actually figuring out what your identity is and kind of committing to it in a certain way, if Mm -hmm. that makes any sense. And it's, I wouldn't say it's easier for Scottish bands, but it's a lot more established. Right. Culturally, like, it's established. Yeah, like this is what the culture of our band's going to look like. This is how our band fits into the tapestry of our surrounding area. Mm. And and then like, you know, a band like SFU that's, you know, for a long time dominant and still now extremely relevant in the top of 
the world of pipe bands. I mean, they have their thing that they do and it's established and it's like, it's built into the DNA of the band. So where I'm going with this is I really feel like the public service angle is a huge part of our tapestry DNA sort of thing as Americans. Yeah, I would agree with that. Even And it's, you know, it, it's tricky for me because I, I'm not really involved in that scene at all, but it's clear that, you know, obviously figuring out how to make that better or, or more tied in to the whole scene is like, that's going to be one of the key pieces of the puzzle. Sure. And it's, I mean, there's multiple pieces, but it's improving the individual players, which I think a lot of them are doing through, through dojo Mm -hmm. and, and then improving the band. How do you improve kind of the core of the band and what are the standards for that group? Yeah. And like how, how does what they're doing relate to what we're doing? I think there's a missing, there's a gap there, yeah. which we've touched on. Like, okay, you know, so, and maybe you can enlighten me here. So a police fire, a, a policeman in a police band, you go to band practice and you're trying to achieve what objective? Obviously it's not winning a competition. Right. Like, and let's, and let's give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Like what's, what's the objective? I mean, you're trying to, you're trying to get good at tunes for parades and then for, for memorial services. Right. Like what? I would say that the baseline would be, you know, you have a repertoire of tunes to play at a funeral, God forbid. Right. And those are, you can't get them wrong. You know, so how, how do you teach a group that, that here, these are three or four tunes. You have to know every note, every embellishment, and you have to play them together. And your instrument needs to be prepared. That's a whole other tangent with the instruments, and that that's for both sides of the circle, the pipes and drums. And so, what what does that mean? You can't get it wrong. Sounds familiar to competition. It's, I but think it's, it, that's not what you mean, though. No, I think it's more important than competition. Okay, and, and is it this is your ideal view of what it should be? Yeah, or or no, that's what actually happens. Th- it's my. It's not what happens. It's my view uh, of a funeral. I mean, it really, I, I don't want to go back and review high profile events where solo bagpipers went out and maybe they shouldn't have gone out. Right. But, but having lunch today with, with Wyatt, uh, it, the topic came up and the, the uh, McCain Piper or others like that, that funeral. You coward. Just name him. Okay. So name McCain him. or Ford or any, yeah, yeah, any, yeah. any, I'm one just of kidding. The, You're not a coward. I called Blair Brown spineless on my <laughs> other podcast. So I'm just trying to keep that trend of insulting my wow. guests alive. Is, which, which podcast is this? Anyway. This is the one where okay, I interview yeah. the, the coward, uh, service piper. <laughs> Wow. Just kidding. Wow. I'm the one that won't run into a burning building. So. I'm not running into a burning building either, but you know. You got an Apple Watch going on over there? I do, yeah. See, that's, uh, maybe we are both nerds. See, you're a nerd. I know. It doesn't really you do much. You called me a nerd, man. Does Is it that, tell you to stand up? It sometimes. Okay. It told me to stand up on the plane today as we were descending. I was like, <laughs> they, they got to work this out. So, so it knows how high you are in the air that you're in an airplane. I'm really in airplane mode, literally. Well, yeah. Well, if you're in airplane mode, you can't be asking people to stand up. Although maybe you could. They should know if you're descending. Or not. Have you ever been on a flight where they have yoga in flight? No. Have you? <laughs> yeah. What the hell kind of flight were you on? <laughs> International flight going across the ocean. So yeah, they, they got you up and had everybody stretch out and doing yoga exercises. In the where aisle. were you going? Uh, I was going to London. So from where? From Raleigh-Durham. So that's a five-hour flight. Why the hell do you need I know. yoga? They had us doing yoga. About, that's the uh, weirdest thing. It was, it was pretty cool. It was an American Airlines flight. I thought it was cool. And it may have just been the, the flight attendants having yeah, fun. I, mean, so I don't think it's a normal part of their routine. 
unless you're on Southwest. And I mean, I'm a story. CrossFit guy. They should have like pull up bars <laughs> up there. I think uh, Emeritus does. If we... have you ever played your pipes on an airplane? I have not. I have. Really? Yep. How did that go? It was actually post. September 11th too. It's oh, wow. really kind of weird now that I think about it. But that used to be and maybe still is SFU pipe band initiation. Hmm. So on your first trip to Scotland, they make the rookies uh, play Scotland the Brave up and down the aisles. It's weird though. It's not what you think. Well, so the cabin's pressurized to right. what? Like it's pressurized, but it's still to a high altitude pressure. It's like 15,000 feet or something, right? So your pipes sound like they would sound at 15,000 feet, which is super sharp, high hand, and like super thin sounding. And the other thing is, you can't hear the pipes more than 10 feet out. Really? It's so bizarre. It was, I mean, I'm only going based on my one memory of it. But like, so if I'm playing, like, you know the Adam Sandler wedding singer movie where he's like singing? I guess he's going through the microphone, so it's different. But it's like, you really can't hear it very far away so like the people at the back of the plane didn't really know what was going on until i got pretty close to them yeah just some type of commotion going up there with a man with an octopus yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly and it wasn't a very good sounding one either i think that's part of the joke but uh yeah so so yeah they uh i don't know if i was just gullible and they talked they told me <laughs> no nah, you probably wanted to do it that's a different kind of uh, mile high club i think yeah exactly uh and it wasn't so bad people clapped at the end yeah Stuart little and i played we jammed out for the Montreal uh, version of the TSA one time as well. Oh, at the airport? Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten a number of requests. You know, traveling with the bagpipes is probably a book that could be written. But uh, Yeah, you know. so that was pretty good. I mean, Stuart was, of course, like, like they, they wanted us to play. And I was like, I, I was not into it. Yeah. But then Stuart got his pipes right out. And he was like, get your damn pipes out. We're jamming. <laughs> like, he's just so up for it. You know, those guys are. And so, yeah, so we did. That's cool. And maybe one or two other SFU guys were there. Because I think they saw the whole band come through. Hmm. And uh, I think by now most of the TSA folks know what bagpipes are. Yeah, you'd think so. Interestingly. I, and I saw um, TSA has an honor guard. And I saw photos once and never heard it, but uh, a bagpiper in a TSA uniform playing. I wonder who that was. I wonder too. Maybe someone on this podcast knows. Maybe that's how the McCain uh, estate found out that, about that it. That Probably is not how that happened, but so, so the McCain Piper, I uh, I actually think it wasn't. I don't know. I I don't think it was as bad. I don't think he deserves as much of a grilling as some people are giving him. I I'll agree with that. Like what was going wrong is clearly some sort of like it's clearly an instrument malfunction, right? A little bit of both. Yeah, and um, and his thumb was slipping off the back right. hole, right? Right. And that's you know especially on a synthetic bag setup. That can happen. Sure. It actually happened to me to a much lesser degree, everyone. Uh, my first time I played the silver medal, uh, I had a, uh, I had a teeny little choke at the end and I'm 90% sure that was the cause. And could, as, and could you hear it? Oh yeah. As a matter yeah. of fact, uh, as a matter of fact, Hugh McCallum, uh, so Willie's dad or uncle, I can't remember and I should remember, but I don't, but he was on the panel and I remember sitting with Jack Lee at Inverness two weeks later and he came up to me and said, you know, what the hell was that, basically? Like, mm. you had the contest won until that. And I was third. And that was my first attempt at the silver medal. And it was like, oh, my God. This guy's mm. telling me that without that, like, totally random that thing. one thing. Maybe I would have won it, you know, which is cool. It was super nice of him to come say something to me, Yeah, I think. And it's kind of a cool, bittersweet memory. Why do you think it happened? 
well, thumb slippage. It just right? slipped. Yeah, and it's cold in there. Like, okay, you know, They're, right. It's August in Scotland. Does not mean like super, super like uh, Hawaiian shirt weather. You know, so it was cold in there, and you're nervous, and you know, and uh, and and I was rocking. The tune was going great. Right. And it was just right at the end. Like something must have happened. And and rather than hearing a chirp or something, it, it actually can cause the reed to just choke right. out briefly. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened to me. And that's. It's and and pretty, how did you, how did you react to that when it happened when, when you were playing? You just got to keep going. Yeah, so well, and that may have been the problem at the McCain funeral. I don't think he knew what was going on. Though. Right. Like so. So I think he heard it. For sure, and yeah. you hear it, but like probably what's causing it to begin with is nerves. Right. Then you hear it. Your nerves aren't getting less after you hear it. Your nerves exactly. are getting more, so it's happening again and again, and he doesn't know what it is. And so, you know what I mean? And right. then you're freaking out more. Now you're changing your blowing. You're blowing harder on the pipe because you think maybe you're not blowing hard enough or whatever. And like, and so it kind of ends up a bit of a mess, right? Right. But I don't think he was a bad player and his pipes were set up pretty well. Right. The overall sound was good. The playing was not that bad. So it's like this one kind of thing. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 feel, I, don't bad think for the, I deserves- feel bad for the whole incident. You're right. I don't think he deserves uh, being... Uh, vilified I know the way I, he was. it sucks for sure yeah. and it was not a good performance for sure but like I don't think it reflects negatively on his character to the degree that people are not suggesting at all. Not like, at like all. oh you're an asshole for accepting the gig well you don't know that I mean that's politics I think for accepting it that's a that whole path has to deal with politics probably more with the fire mean? service oh yeah than gotcha. anything else yeah so who played Reagan's funeral I don't know. Eric Riggler? Oh, I mean, if that's true, it I must think, have been I think it was him. Yeah. yeah, that was incredible. And to me, that's the way it had to be done. Yeah, for sure. So uh, tying it back to our mini theme yes. so far. So like what Eric Riggler is doing, that's the, st- that's the gold standard. Like that's what you want when you're trying to honor somebody's life. Right. That, you know? that is the gold. That's- think of all like the nine, because I, I was alive and extremely coherent for 9-11. Mm-hmm. I was like... I don't know, what was I, 15 or 16 years old, and I remember it vividly. And But like, and all those people died. Right. Civilians, police, fire. Yeah, and then crappy-sounding bagpipes are putting them to rest. Like that, that to me, that's like, and I'm not, uh, you know, I'm no, not, I know. I'm and not it's, uh, a brave I, person, and I'm, I'm, I have no authority. It, over it, reached, it reached a point, I know, with NYPD and FDNY that they were asking other bands for help. Because their their instruments, their people, they were just worn out. Yeah, well, and certainly, you know, the, the FDNY guys and, and is it like the Emerald Society guys and like some of those bands in New York are very good. Yes. And like kind of showing people what it should be. Right. But, uh, but some people aren't like taking up the call to the degree. And it's not and it's not to say that you should sound perfect. I don't think so. You think so, kind of. No, well, not not perfect, but. Again, you can't go out there and get it wrong, both from a visual perspective and then with the instruments. But you have to be serious about mastering the instrument the best you can. Right. And that, that's, if you're going to accept the responsibility and honor of like, you know, putting a hero to rest. Right. And there, there's individual responsibility with that with the instrument that you need to bring your, your instrument to band. 
to a certain uh, expectation of where the instrument needs to be. Like you need to know what the four questions are. <laughs> exactly. You need to have downloaded your Dojo University free guide. I will. I agree with that. 100% because or the we, Waken we, District free no, no. guide that we, we give that guide to our students all of our students know who, who Dojo is and some of them are members so yeah. we've oh, signed a couple up too yeah that's definitely true um, I usually have my cool headphones but I'm traveling and those no, were you look big. cool it's okay I could take a picture but uh, he looks cool doesn't he look cool yeah I like you never do like you ever watch like the Joe Rogan podcast like or those those ones no I mean they, they have it down. They, they're doing something kind of similar to this, and then they have like video cameras on each guest as well. Someday, maybe. Maybe. But I kind of like how well, Will they come up with is. one of those things with four inputs for video cameras? Uh, by the way, it's yelling at me about input number one. Is that me? Yeah, I'll just turn you down. I think when it blinks, that means it's technically slightly distorting. But I think we're good. So I, I, I won't touch the cord again. No, no, it's not you touching the cord. I think it's fine. Um... Sorry, where were we? Well, with FDNY, you have made the point that there's some very good members in that band. Same with NYPD, and both we've seen both those bands go out and compete in grade four and grade five yeah. over the years. And that and and like I think that's a real good start. Oh yeah, like without without even you know without being amazing, you you can get to that standard. You know, it doesn't take four hours a day to get there. No, but again, there's individual responsibility that comes with that with the instruments. And it's like a cultural thing too. It's like there's almost a pressure for people who are keen to not be too keen. <laughs> Do you think that's true? I think that's true. I think that's definitely true. And like yeah. somehow that's got to change. Yeah. Like we want, we want you to dig deep and you know, figure out how to sound better. Yeah. And I don't think people need to be like, and that's a never ending kind of quest too. You know, what, but I mean, it, hap- it even happened. It'll happen in competition bands too. Right. You know, like, Oh, we're shit and it's not cool that you're like super good because it kind of calls us out. Well, it's funny as Wake and District has evolved, Ken McKevney has made the point that it's a double-edged sword, right? That as you do improve, even as the band improves. Ken, Ken McKevney. Ken McKevney. Are you sure? Groot. See, not, you're not even that I'm, sure. I'm positive. Okay, it's, so it's Ken, it's, it's Ken and he's the tall guy with the beard. He is. The, well, he shaved the beard. His wife didn't like the beard, so. My wife didn't like the beard. His wife didn't like the beard. Neither did I. I'm referred to as the sister wife, by the way, which is just creepy. <laughs> that is creepy. <laughs> creepy, but probably somewhat. Uh, yeah, it's it's just creepy. Um, Groot. Groot. You've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy? I have not. It's it's a good suspension of disbelief. Uh, what's movie. his face? Chris Pratt's in that. Is is, is it Chris Pratt? What's his? I mean, you Chris know Pratt. me with names. Maybe it's Ken Pratt. No, it's I think it's Chris Pratt. Kevin Kevin Pratt. Chris Pratt. Look it up. He's going to Google it. Our producer is looking it up. So, um, so you, so it's a double-edged sword is where I was going with that, that, you know, as we do improve, and this is with every band, whether it's a competition band or or a service band, whatever band is out playing, that, uh, as things improve, you start hearing the other things that need to be improved. Pratt. Pratt. It is Pratt. Chris Pratt. You know, I think a lot of bands- Have you looked up, have you looked up the- uh, pipe major of Waken District Grade Three to confirm the name for us. It's we can call him. He'll be mad at me. Why are you talking about me in a podcast? What's a podcast? How do Ken, I download that? So does Ken know what a podcast is? He, he no. Okay, don't tell him because <laughs> I, I I don't want him to listen to any of this. No, he'll be fine. He'll um, be fine unless something seriously bad happens. There's no editing. No, that that's fine of this podcast. That's I, the whole point. It's kind of like fly on the wall. Yeah, that's I'm cool what, with that. You know what I mean? It's uh, I think it's cool. I want to, and I'm going to get better. 
You're my second victim so Uh-oh. far. And but but and what the first victim was spineless? Yes. Okay. Spineless Blair Brown. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you haven't heard it? I have not heard it. I thought it was fun. Fun conversation, but who knows? I, I now I have to hear it. Well, you know like it's a lot easier to do than than the I was doing vlogs for a while. Those are really hard to I do. I thought those were cool though, but no, I, those are a ton of work, I they can imagine. They were extremely cool and I had a blast. I yeah. loved doing it. But I love the vlog you did with Atlanta Pipe Band. I thought that was cool. Which one? I did two. Uh, I did a day one and a day two kind of thing. Oh, jeez. I'll, I'll have to go back and rewatch them now. It was the one where they picked you up at the airport, where Bobby picked you up at the airport. Was that day That's one? That's the first one. Okay. Wow. Producers confirming that. The producer confirm. I'll go back. Send me the link for part two. Well, day two is like, there's there's some good stuff in day two as well with bits of, those were good vlogs, right? Yeah. The problem is I only teach a workshop on the road like every now and then, especially now that I have kids, you know, I can't be away that much. Right. So yeah, it'd be great to do that like all the time. That well, would, and I actually wanted to start a, a reality television show about bagpipe bands. Yeah. Under the kilt. No. <laughs> You'd watch it though. Yes to the reality show. My my wife would watch it. Yeah, you'd watch She's, it. Everyone would watch it. They, they, they'd want to see what's truly going on under the kilt. That yeah. is the right name for it, isn't it? Undoubtedly. That's really sad. <laughs> you know, follow a, follow a Scottish band, follow an American band, follow a, an Australian band for a year. Yeah. You know, it'd be better than Lizard Lick Towing for sure. It would be really cool if you did it right. Right. And then and then they'd all meet up at Piping Live Well, at the maybe Worlds. we could put together a hot reel and uh, sell it to somebody. Yeah, Maybe. I think reality TV is dead. Uh, it, it may very well be. But, you know, uh, new genre, under the kill, bagpipes, people are intrigued by it. You know, maybe get a, a BBC program to pick it up. I think, you know, I think it would be, like a lot of the CrossFit people are doing that now. Hmm. Like it's a, uh, like they're doing vlogs. Okay. And that's really taken off in the CrossFit community. And, and you're, you're into the CrossFit yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm a big CrossFit guy. I'm not great yet. I think I called you once and you go, I'm, I'm at the gym. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had, we had to end the conversation because I got to the gym. So right. I've been doing CrossFit for two and a half years. Okay. Two and a, th- two and a quarter years. Uh, I've lost like 40 pounds and like gotten strong and stuff. It's pretty cool. Cool. It's mind-blowingly cool, actually. And you would have no, you don't know, but I know how similar CrossFit and piping are. It's like two extremely nerd, like people don't realize how nerdy piping is, right? It's, it's like extremely nerdy, yeah. Right, you. But you definitely don't realize how nerdy CrossFit is. That's interesting. We we have a, a young player in the band. She uh, she's a runner, and she went to one of her running coaches, and the conversation came up. She was a bagpiper, and he was intrigued about bagpiping and lung breathing. Right, and he gave her some exercises that might improve her her blowing. Yeah, you know. So it's really intriguing how those things can kind of weave together. Yep. You have to. It's a very physical instrument. It is, although, um, you know, it, although it doesn't really raise your heart rate that much. No. If it's set up properly. Agreed. And like, it's not, and you sweat a whole bunch, but it's not really. Some people more than others. You're the producer is he's bad at sweating. Yeah. He's also a lefty. Ooh, a lefty yeah. piper. Yeah. Hmm. What, what did he call you? Oh, yeah. Michael Gray. Oh yeah. Man for South U.S. And that was evidently a, they taught people lefty there. No kidding. I didn't know that. Very strange. Sounds no like kidding. a mean tradition. Mean, yeah. meaner, well, than, meaner than play at 30,000 feet. Yeah, it certainly helps put people off pipe bands. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like, just because of the countermarching thing. Oh, yeah. I always hate that for you. It's like, oh. 
people. Yeah. Z is like always on the opposite corner of the band from me. We never had any lefties in Oren Moore, but that would have bothered the shit out of me. No, and it, you play truly, you play it on the opposite side too. I mean, because I've seen some where they switch their hands, right, but yeah, right. you just, you play it lefty. But you know what? I'll say all those mean things about lefties, but if you sound good, I'm a fan. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't care if you play them upside down. Like Lyric Todd Kell, at first glance. Do you know who Lyric is? I do not. Great Piper, uh, and he teaches uh, at St. Thomas in Texas. Okay. Uh, he looks strange when you first see him play because he's a lefty. But then you hear him and you're like, that guy's got the stuff, and I no longer have any concern about the fact that he's playing backwards. You're not playing backwards, producer. You're playing just fine. Because he sounds good. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Props. I mean, I'll be the judge of that when I hear you, but uh, <clears throat> but there it is. Where did Carl go? He, he didn't want to listen to me. Hey, smoking a pancake. Yeah, he, he, he <laughs> listens to me talk enough as uh, my partner at the dojo. So you and, um, you and Groot. So Wake and District, he's the pie major of the grade three band. Right. But you're the overlord of the whole no, thing? No, I'm no longer the overlord. I turn the reins over. What does that mean? Who uh, does that? So people that want to see the band improve. Okay. You, know, you see people that were generations of, of being the pipe major of a band, and I think that's destructive. I've seen it. And so, uh, and so Groot, I'm not even going to try and it's remember okay. whether his name is Ken or Kevin anymore. It's all, I'm all confused. But uh, so he's a better, he's a better like suited leader of the group. Oh, definitely. In what way? Musically. In what ways? Musically. What does that mean? He is such a precise player and he tries to get all of us to play to that precision level where he's at. And that's, and, that's challenging for a lot of us. So, and that's as it should be, I right? think, you know, uh, what are they doing? Are they building like They are new- vacuuming outside. What's funny is you won't hear this on the podcast, but I'm pretty sure, we but can, we're hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. You could turn the gain up on the. No, it's all right. I'll feed it in later. I'll, I'll do like a. Do you have a vacuum at home, like a a Roomba goes around the house? No, my brother does now though. Yeah. He's like really into it. One of our pipers has one in his house, and his dogs left something on the carpet, and uh, the Roomba. Oh no! Oh yeah! Like explosion! Oh yeah! <laughs> Whoops! Sorry, Seth, if you're listening. Yeah, sorry for your carpet, Seth. Yes, and for your dog. So we're, you know, in Wake and District, we're fortunate with Ken running the piping section and then with uh, Michael Yunuzi running the back end, uh, the drum corps, and the two of them work so well together that they are vacuuming. Either that or they're drilling. They may be drilling. No, it's a vacuum. It's a vacuum. They'll be fine. That's we're fine. in a hotel. I mean, what do you expect? I know, but shouldn't the vacuuming be done at yeah. 530? It should have been done. Or 430? So they, uh, so Kevin's really exacting and tries to de- and and works to demand Ken. that from the players. Ken, did I say Kevin again? Yeah, it's okay. Why do I have Kevin in my head? I, I don't know. You, he gave me a ride to the tattoo three years ago. Oh, he did. Yeah, he was the driver of the van there. Yeah, huh? he went from van driver to pipe major of Wake and District. Yeah, well, fast. he was he was actually the pipe major then too, but he was driving the van. I, I that was a that was a fun fun trip. Leading by, by example. By. Yes, the followers oh, eat first. Leaders eat last. Or leaders don't eat. Or they drive the van. Yeah, or they drive the van. <laughs> um, so yeah, We had to drive all, all the guys from Inverary that week. I No, that's not true. I eventually I eventually took the reins and oh, started driving people around. Yeah. Okay. You, you got the car keys. But the I van mean, keys. But I mean, uh, Ken, Kevin, Groot, he was setting the standard. Yeah. Ken does set the standard. It's really, by the way, there, what's with the traffic there? Like, why are so many people there in that part of the world? 
In Virginia? Yeah. Because oh, it's a big naval town. It's a military town. It's crazy. Town. Yeah. It's like I had no idea. And there's no direct way to get someplace. I mean, you, you got to go around your elbow. Um, <clears throat> do they still refer to us as Yankees in Virginia? They didn't refer to us, the people from North Carolina, as Yankees. No, but like people from New York are Yankees? I Probably. It's really kind of interesting. Like, I've never experienced that in my life. Getting called a Yankee? Yeah, yeah but got, it's like a thing, but still. It is a thing, and uh, I'm a damn Yankee now because, you know, I came from Chicago. Right. Which, uh, yeah, uh, to North Carolina, and I'm, I'm a damn Yankee because I stayed. Right, got it. You, like, kind of infected the... Now, I'm not alone. You know, thousands of others have joined right. me. So. They, but it's not like that in Florida. You go to Florida, they're not talking about Yankees. No, no, not at all. But they're, talk, but they're calling people Yankees in Georgia, for sure. Yeah. In my experience. And, and it's not like, it's not overly derogatory, I don't think. It's just kind of like a, it's just kind of like a joke. It's cul- well, it's a cultural thing, too. Oh, uh, you Yankee. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, like, yeah. But there's a little of it. Like, like they yeah, There's probably a little hatred, yeah. They find us a little uh, annoying. Imagine being a damn Yankee in Johnson County, North Carolina, and starting a bagpipe band. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been there, man. I remember, <laughs> I remember like, people, when I came and, and, like, you know, when I came back to Oren Moore and, like, you know, and, and was ascended to pipe majorship, let's say. I, I just I remember like everyone like oh that guy is like such a you know such a dink with that fake Canadian accent uh, and all this stuff and it's like I at that point I lived in Canada for eleven years and you probably had some Canadian sayings going you know yeah and it's like that accent isn't entirely fake because I lived there for the past eleven years right but yeah no, you just pick things up it it happens and people like have a resentment to like newcomers like bringing coming in and like stirring the pot well just say you're sorry and everything will be okay exactly sorry. <laughs> I got really good at identifying, I got really good at identifying like different dialects of Canadians. Uh-huh. Like I freaked my wife out on our honeymoon because we were like swimming in a pool in Mexico. And I was like, it sounds like those guys are like from the interior of British Columbia, <laughs> you know, which is like, it's a very And she's dialect. like, Andrew, this is too much information. And, and she was like, whatever, <laughs> like, you know, just rolled her eyes and whatever. And like, sure enough, they're from like Kelowna. Hmm. And they're swimming in the pool. And, and I you was picked right. it up by accents. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, you could pick up somebody from Chicago or Boston by definitely. their accent here. So. Definitely, yeah. Um, definitely. California. Yeah, California, man. Uh, for sure. I spent a little time in California, but not a lot. Have you spent a lot of time? No, in I, I try to avoid uh, California. Nothing I, against California. I just don't like earthquakes. So, by the way, there was an earthquake this week off the coast of Maryland. I heard there were earthquakes all across the country this week. It could be. It came up during a CrossFit workout. Did you? Did we hear that on the, on the crossover radio? I don't know. Shall we press? <laughs> let me press this to the thing. I got nothing. You probably won't hear it at all. Okay. So, uh, just the context for anyone who's, like, still listening for any reason. Okay. Sorry. I thought maybe I heard it. Uh, I was hearing conservative talk radio through my headphones and I found out that whenever I touched my microphone cable to the metal table, it was picking up the frequency of the large yeah, antenna. And there outside. is a very large antenna, like, yes. like maybe a mile away. And you're going to be exposed to that antenna now in this I'm room. I'm going to be getting conservative um, radiation. Yes. Got to watch out for that. I mean, we are, we are in Kansas city. Yeah. It's like one of the, it's one of like the last, conservative uh, metropolitan strongholds in America. 
Yeah. Well, it's the heart of America here. It really is. I, I, I think this... I mean, I'm not sure. It's like a nice place to visit. I'm not sure I'd want to live here, but maybe. I don't know. I, I just the, don't know. The food is good. I don't have enough context. But uh, I, I think Kansas City is amazing. Like yeah. you're just driving along and it's all flat. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, there's like a giant oh, yeah. city. Kind of reminds me of like Gondor or something. <laughs> now you're a nerd. See, it comes yeah. out. There I mean, it is. I, there's I have, the connection. I don't play Dungeons and Dragons, but I, I But was, you do uh, own a 20-sided dice. No, I don't. I do not. <laughs> 16 sides tops. Okay, fine. Fair enough. I do own one of those. See, I think maybe I'm more of like a tech nerd or something or like, because I own a lot of strange gadgets, like a Zoom H6 recorder. How many Zoom recorders do you own? At least three. Yeah. I own one. Yeah. And it's an old one. Yeah. I do have a lot of gadgets. Uh, Nothing wrong with gadgets. So anyway... uh, no conservative talk radio coming through the metal table Fair at enough. the moment. So no no waves coming in, which is too bad. I'm just gonna gonna send a text to someone because they're they're texting me. Where where are you? It's our bass drummer, Kansas City. Yeah, right. He's here. What are you doing here, by the way? Just hanging. Uh, so three of our members are playing. Okay. So Michael is uh, playing in grade one snare. Wyatt is playing in grade one pipe piping. You're doing three events. Two. Wyatt's the producer for those. Well, who yes, know. Wyatt the producer. We'll, we'll check Google. And then uh, our bass drummer is uh, competing too. So, yeah. Here to support him, record him, get him around. You're going to record him? Yeah. Nice. Put him on the social media? Only if they do well. Really? Or, or no, we'll put it up. We're, we're, I think we're pretty transparent about that. Although, Wake and District, we're, we're going to kind of bridle it just a little bit this year going into it. A little less is more. Gotcha. Yeah. It's tough. I, I'm uh, I'm I'm in a more is more phase right now. Oh, I, I, listen! I wake up every morning to see posts from Andrew Douglas and the dojo and the dojo students. I think it's cool. I think it's cool too. I'm really into it. Yeah. Like there's some people who are like aggressively anti dojo style of marketing. You know, it, you know does that probably because they don't get it. Well, but or, like they also like some people are deeply offended by getting an email they don't want. And it's like, and, and the, so there are some people like that. Yeah. And it uh, can seem like a lot sometimes when you're working in it, but really it's like an infinitesimally small number of people. And uh, we do send a lot of email because it, it works really well yeah. for us. No, I, I, I clearly see that. I just, when I get the email sometimes, you know, that so-and-so is going to have a, uh, a seminar later this afternoon, or I see that the folks come up uh, in, in, on the Facebook um, I look at my schedule. Can I can I accommodate that? So I think it's right. good that you did. It's good good reminders. It's the same sort of thing too. It's like if you had a business, right? If you had a business, would you a want to let people know about it in case they could benefit from it, mm-hmm. or b just kind of not do anything? No, I think you do a good job of Dojo does a good job of keeping things sticky to the pipers. That's a good thing. Yeah, like I mean, you have to try to you have to try to isolate the things that cause people pain. Right. And like try to offer solutions for them. No, I'll, I agree with that. Uh, but just the whole, the whole fact of it's, it's not constant's the wrong word. I don't want you to think that that's a bad thing. But no, it's, it's a good kind of in your face. Here it is. Can you, you know, check your schedule? We have something today. Can you, can you attend it? Right. You know? And I think the target is not people who know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like people that know what they're doing are like, why are you emailing me all the time? And it's like, if you don't like it, unsubscribe. Because yeah, you're not my target like, yeah. customer at all. And unfortunately, I think I have uh, 
Is that a woodpecker producer? Is that yeah. a, is there a woodpecker in the other room? It's a giant Kansas City woodpecker. Peck, pecker at least. I uh, I have a couple different emails that are into Dojo because I had signed up a couple other people, and sometimes it's weird. I I get their emails, or if it. This so, is amazing, by the way. I wonder if we'll hear this on the feed or not. It's a good test of the could, system. You could add it later too. No, I think it's it's good ambience noise. It's it's. Yeah. It's the it's the it's the giant butt cracked woodpecker <laughs> of Kansas City. Is that a species? I What's thought that, that? Is that an endangered species? Uh, I don't the know. Giant butt crack woodpecker of Kansas City. I've heard they're susceptible to diabetes. And <laughs> well, there there is a lot of candy corn out there from the yeah. Bees, so. <laughs> <laughs> there might not be. They they might they might not be long left for the world. <laughs> Although they're eating a lot. There was one out there eating ribs. He was pecking away at the ribs oh, out there, there and flew away. Itself. That's what the barbecue's all about. Oh, oh. Save the woodpeckers. That's right. No, I think the marketing you do is fine. Uh, it's great. I, I like the fact that it does stay sticky with the, the people that are engaged. You know, if people don't like it, unsubscribe. It's that simple. Yeah. And it's not hard. No. You just press the button. Exactly. Yeah. What's funny is people unsubscribe and then like a week later, they're like, oh, I want that free guide. Let me check that out. And they put their email back in and then they're mad they're getting emails again. It's like, well, you know, this is how the system is set up. Yeah. You, I'm, you, there's an opt-in policy, right? Read it. It's like if you had a girl, if you if you had a girl that you were into that you met at a bar, right? And you really wanted to see her again. You're going to have to call her again yeah. sometime. Yeah. And or, like or go stalk the bar again sometime. Well, that's just it. And like so you have to decide what degree of stalker you're willing to like See, and I don't, I don't equate Dojo with being a stalker. No, but like, but if you're in, let's say you're interested in your bagpipes feeling easy to play, so you download my free guide right. about, uh, you know, the four steps we use to make our bagpipes like efficient. Mm-hmm. Which again, I shared that link again internally with, right. with my group. But it's like if you if you tell me you want that and you put in your email address, that's the whole point, right? Right. Is like I want I want to then follow up with you, uh, you know, to a certain reasonable degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see if you'd be interested in, you know, other things we can do to help you. Yeah. Right. Like how about $7 for a video course that will supplement this? Like, let's start there. Right. Like, can you give me seven bucks to like have a taste? Does it work? Does it hook? Oh, big time. Yeah. That's uh, that one for sure. That was a hugely successful promotion. I know uh, what what got me hooked was your promotion you did for the Kane bass drone reads. Well, I, I had no idea. I uh, I can't tell you what a cool experience that was, and that's what really that's when we really started talking more. Right, is like, uh, you were showing me some like Kane drone read tricks. Right. Let's let's just leave it at that. You're showing me some Kane drone read tricks which were really fascinating. And I was like, cool. Like, are you guys playing Kane? And you're like, yeah, we're playing Kane. And I was like, cool. Like, how do you guys set them up? And you're like, dumbass, we're setting them up like dojo. Yeah. We, we took your course Yeah, and I don't, I, we have, we're fortunate enough to have so much going on at the dojo. Now I, I can't actually like, I can't actually spy on individuals anymore. Yeah. It's like, I really, it's like, it's like, uh, it's, it's like a big thing. It's like mm. a big thing. So we know, I know how many members we have and like, you know, uh, and I know if a course is selling well, but I no longer have my like finger on the pulse of it. Like, so like if IP addresses pop up in multiple states for the same login user, right. you shouldn't be doing that. Right. right, exactly. Or like, or, oh, Joe hasn't signed on in a while. Oh, don't do that. Just and Joe's still a white belt. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. You know. But see, I mean, I used to, I used to be able to do stuff like that yeah. when we had like, uh, let's say a manageable number 
not manageable, but like a smaller number of people you used to be like super into it. Like, yeah. Oh my God, like who's logged into no, it? I, I like uh, being able to go back and search through things to find things that, you know, maybe came up in band that we're, we're struggling with. And one of them was a phrase in farewell to the creeks. And we found, uh, I think it was, uh, a Mark Dubois did a, yeah. a program on that. So yeah, I took one part of it and said, yep, yep. Mark, Mark said the same thing that Dalton said. So this is the way we need to play it. You know, hold that F just, you know, a little bit more. Right. So just little things. So it's a good tool for, I like using it just from as a resource too to go back to. Yeah. And it's like not perfect. So some people want it to be perfect. Like no, none of this is perfect though. Um, it's not perfect, but it is cool yeah. Like that you could do that. And you can type in farewell to the creeks and a whole bunch of crap comes up now. Right. Like, I think we have like, I think we have 4,800 um, archived classes now. Cool. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, and then that's not to mention like, like hours and hours of courses that we have on the courses side now. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's crazy. Like, uh, it's crazy, and it's come together in a way like little bits of technology kind of come to the surface. Oh, and it's funny going back, and as you you see things evolve within the program, you know, going back, and I, I mentioned the Adobe Connect that you see some of these really old videos from years ago. Yeah, uh, but the content is still relative. It's still, re- yeah, it's right. still good. And I mean, that's why I did this, though. To be honest, you know, it's like I. I realized that I kind of had something and it's unique, not in the fact that I, I certainly didn't invent any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I did invent, I coined the term ALAP ASAP, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a term that's describing what everyone's telling you anyway. Right. Like and it's, it's, and that's a term that we use in band, but that's the, you know, but for me, I've been able to connect the dots in a way that no one else has, at least that I'm aware of, Yeah. you know, how it all fits together and like, Oh, like this is this thing. And it's, it helps a lot of people. No, that's a good way to... Uh, but that's why I, did. I wouldn't have done it otherwise. But no, connecting the dots, that's that's a great way to look at it. But that's what it is, right? It's like how does, you know, how to, how to like crossing noises and tight doublings and loose doublings and sloppy doublings and bad expression and pulsing and phrasing and light and shade and unsteady. Like how does it all fit? Like what the heck am I supposed to focus on and why? And in what order? Mm-hmm. And who's telling me the truth and who's full of shit and I don't really know. And like what we can do at the dojo is really give you a compass as to like exactly how it could all fit together. Right. No, and I think it does. It really does. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a good player. I'm not like a, uh, I used to be like Glenn Brown. Like we used to battle each other. We used to be rivals, but like, he's now a great, like world-class player. And I'm not necessarily that, but I am a very good player and super experienced. And I can tell you that none of it's bullshit and at all. It's actually true. And And it's all pretty much exactly what I do to like prepare. Yeah, and I think it applies to all levels because I'm an adequate bagpiper. You know, I know what my instrument needs to be at and I know where I'm at, but right. everyone can benefit from the program, all For levels. Sure. For sure. And yeah. the, and it's infinitely like, and what what's cool about having a system and a methodology that's correct is that it's uh, infinitely scalable. Yes. So, and that, that's a system that we and try to follow. <laughs> it's infinitely scalable. And what you'll find is <laughs> if at the very top, it inverts. Yeah. Uh, which is really kind of interesting. Hmm. Like the purpose of learning all the rules is to be able to break the rules. <laughs> of course, like like uh, Jackson Pollock, for example, is famous for being able to paint, uh, f- uh, uh, being able to paint a picture as clear as a photograph. But what he did that was profound was like paint splatterings. Mm-hmm. You know, like at the very top it inverts, hmm. and it's what you and it's what you do that deviates from 
what's fundamentally correct that makes your playing really special at the highest levels. Wow. But it's, you know what I mean? But it's all like that. Yeah. Uh, CrossFit's like that. <laughs> Police piping is like that. We shouldn't bring it back to that. No, it's, it's okay. <clears throat> but, uh, but I mean, I think you're on, I think you have your, I think you're tapped into like the right vibe though. I, like the Waken District, like we have a good balance. And, and again, going back to what I said early on, where when we first stepped onto the field as a competition band, oh, that's just a police band. You know, they suck. Right. And so we proved that concept wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, now that we're we're competitive, highly competitive, in grade three, four, and five, and we have solo players out there doing their thing. And but why? Like, so if I'm a skeptic, and I just want to keep like doing my police thing. Like, why should I change my mind? To be a better player. But why? So that's, that's, but, that's, but I mean, so like, I, I think it's twofold. I think it's individual again. It's on that individual piper. Do I want to be a better piper? In fact, there's a, there's a policeman from Chicago coming down tomorrow to go to this clinic because he wants to be a better piper, piper and he wants to inject that into the band. Right. So that could be an example and it becomes contagious. Hey, you know, Brian's doing it. Why shouldn't I do it? You know? I think it's the idea that you know, to at least be striving legitimately to be better, you know, is what the clientele like kind of deserves, which, which in this case is like fallen, potentially fallen, you know, heroes of some kind and their families and the communities. It's everyone that's left behind. And uh, I think a lot of the bands like to be on TV and they want to see themselves and hear themselves on TV, which I hate. Um, I think those funerals are very private moments, but you hear the bagpipes and you're like, oh, that's just God awful. You know, you want to hear it for posterity and go, wow, that was incredible. Yeah. Like you, you, you hear a uh, Riggler playing Reagan's funeral and it's like, wow, that was incredible. You know, people want to go back and watch that on YouTube. We need to figure out how to like, we need to figure out how to distill that message in a way that's, you know, that's digestible. So I think the pipe bands, uh, whether it's a police pipe band, a fire pipe band, or a grade five pipe band in Utah, they see... Inverary at the worlds and they hear the tunes they're playing and they want to play like that. That's the bar they want to play at. And they think in their heads, I want to play like that band. But you're never going to play like that. Band. I shouldn't say you're never going to play like right. that band, but what is... That's certainly like, that. That's not that should not be in your... But what's the benchmark you can get to? You know, you're not going to lift 300 pounds, but how do we get you to 100 as a group, as individually and then as a group? And how do you structure that? You know, I, can, we, I can back squat 300 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I weigh about 150. Can you back squat me? Definitely, <laughs> several times. Cause cause I CrossFit, bro. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm still like I'm still chubby though. Like I wouldn't want to CrossFit at anyone's funeral yet. <laughs> I would hope you wouldn't. You know, CrossFit a casket. Yeah, but I mean, but but people with not even close to my like attitude towards CrossFit are piping at people's funerals. Like I I do CrossFit and I try to get better every day. Right. We got to get pipers, like, you know. And, and I think with I think with the the cop bands, they it's not just the cop bands though too. It's civilian bands too that are in grade four and five, and it's like this is as good as I want to be. This is this is as good as I want. I want to get the band to grade four, and then it's good enough for us. We'll I stay know. here for ten years. How do you? That, that bothers me. Yeah. You know, and we have associations, overarching associations that have upgrade policies, but are they abided by? I mean, you see a band in grade four for ten years doing well, and. What does it take to get them upgraded? Well, every season's different, and we're losing so and so. And all right, well, those sound like good excuses, but you know, what are you doing to improve the band? Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of players leave bands. It definitely is. 
But then you hate that guy for leaving. You shouldn't hate that guy from leaving. You do because... Because he's a pirate, right? And he's going to another band. Yeah, or... and, yeah. and those jerks poached him from us. Yeah, there's that word, the, the poach word. That's just not true. Like, Because uh... we get accused of that a lot, of, of poaching players. But, I mean, we have, we have a standing rule. We do not poach after people. It's, it's done. That's there, right. there was a time where we did it, and it's not productive. We did it in Orin Moore for sure. Yeah. That was like... And it was a shame in certain ways. I mean... But the way you justify it, and by the way, when I say we poached, I wouldn't say we were like, hey guys, screw all, screw everybody else. Let's go get players. That's not how you look at it when you poach. I'm just talking in retrospect. Like we need more players. So where do you get them? And you don't get them from your own program. We did have a good program in Mm -hmm. place as well, like Maureen Connor. and the. But how do you get that instant injection into it? That's right. You got to go out and hunt. But then you get a year where it's like, well, we we need to go to the Worlds, keep our momentum going, but we don't have enough people. And so where we get them. There's the pitch. We're going to the Worlds. Come with us to the Worlds. Yeah. And grade one is particularly tough because if you don't go to the Worlds, what do you do? Right. So we kind of have to go to the Worlds. More or less to keep things going, right? Then could could a program be set up like that in the United States? What's that? You know, a a regional pipe band that's set up to go to the Worlds, and it's not poached players, but... No, I think it's definitely possible, and that needs to be what's done. Because, and then, so where I'm going with this is, you know, we did have a very good program that Maureen and Eric McNeil, like, put on Scotia Glenville, obviously. Mm -hmm. They were world champions one of those years as well, 2012. In novice juvenile, which was great, and that was a great program. And and sure enough, we did have like kids come up through the program. Yeah, we we have one of the kids that came up through the program just joined our band. Which kid? Um, what's the fellow's name? I'll no. find out for you. Yeah. Well, and we shouldn't say it on air just in case they don't make it. They get cut. Oh, he'll make it. He'll make it. Oh, he's got great hands. We just got to get his instrument balanced. <clears throat> there it is. Um. But uh, where I was going with this is poaching definitely went on and it definitely became like probably, it's certainly the fallback method of recruiting, right? It's like, oh, we don't have the people we need. So we got to just ask as many people as we can po- if po- they'll do it. Poaching is, I mean, recruitment, poaching, it's the same thing. Right. And, um, and if your band is really great, it should attract, it should attract the right people. Yes. Or... You should you should uh, you should have grown your own people for a variety of reasons. One is for the good of humanity, Joe, but the other reason is uh, players that you recruit are are not going to be a good fit for your group. Yeah, nope, not long term. Like and, and one out depends. of five, one yeah. out of five of your recruits will be a good fit in the long run for your group. Right, and and we've been fortunate with people that have come into the program from outside the region. You know, we've grown our own, but the ones that have come from the outside, like the producer, right, um, have fit in very well. And the ones that didn't, didn't. It was naturally. It happened very organically and it happened very quickly. And it's like, um, but that's like, that's the thing that you don't see. Nobody sees during the recruiting process. So it's right. like, hey, man, like our band's super cool. Yeah. Our pipe major is like super nice. Yeah, we got cool swag. Too. Yeah, we yeah. got good swag. And we're going to the world, yeah. bro. And like, man, we did great last year. We're going to do good this year. And you got to come join our band. So then they come, let's say you succeed, mm-hmm. which is in itself, in and in itself rare. So you piss off a lot of people in doing that right. and you only get a couple. Right. Uh, and they show up, let's say they show up. And, you know, they show up and the first practice is like, cool, whatever. And then the second practice, they haven't done what they need to do you know, to be at the standard. And, and, and so you tell them you need to, to do more to be at the standard. They right. come by the third time. They're still not at the standard. And like, you know, 
you know, you get a little bit of pipe major, uh, tender, love and care and a little bit of frustration. And then suddenly that pipe major is a dick. Cause he's asking me to like ante up and like work yeah. on, on my shit and well, like practice. And like, that's like that sort of thing. Like the whole expectation thing mm-hmm. is probably the reason they didn't come to the band in the first place. And you kind of talked them out of it and yeah. kind of taught them to ignore it about you. But then now they're in it, they're experiencing it. They don't like it, nor should they. They're not the right fit. Yeah. And, but then they leave and they think you're a dick, which you may or may not be, but like, let's give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Maybe you're not, but those two things were not meant to fit together in the right. first place. It's not like college basketball, right? Where you can trade someone a great education on, at least on paper, right. uh, to play basketball for your team. It's not like that. No, it's extracurricular. It's extracurricular. It's volunteer. It's optional. It's like passion based. <clears throat> and so like, so it doesn't work out. So you cause so much damage in that process. Is it, is it like that overseas too? Uh, I think, Oh, I'd think so. Yeah. But it's less, I mean, overseas it's like, there's such a uh, high density of players sure. in a small geographic area that the cream tends to rise to the top naturally. And they find their way to, yeah, like right I don't path. think I think if if five people left, I'm speculating. I don't know, uh, but if five people left Phil Marshall Montgomery today, there would be five very good replacements. They would plug right in uh, the next day, yeah. and they might not quote unquote plug right in, but they would be willing to do whatever Richard Parks asked them to do, right? Because they would, they just they're dying to play in the band, yeah, right. And- and that's that's a rigid system. But that's the way it should right. be, right? I don't think I don't think even though even though I'm sure there's like lots of people that would that would be easily called upon to play in the band. That's different. That's not really recruiting, right? That's just no, that, Richard that's letting just... them know they're you know that they're they've been taken off the standby list, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would think I would think in various the same way. Certainly, SFU is very similar. You know where um, I mean, most of these bands have a waiting list then to get in uh not on not a paper well, no official but, right one. oh but of course yeah right especially the top bands i mean there's uh there's the people that they really want that are in the band but then you know there's definitely a go-to list of names that they would go through systematically if they needed right and most would probably be a good fit just by the nature of like how good those bands are hmm. and how many people would really i mean how many people do you think would love to play in Inverary? Like there's a lot, you know, like, um, I know a couple of Americans that would want to. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's a, it's a hard thing, right? Right. Uh, you have to be, you have to be really good to do it. That's yeah, a huge commitment. I mean, we've done it like, uh, myself and Eric Olette and Keegan. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've done it and, uh, you know, but, uh, all three of us will tell you it's been very difficult to do. Yeah. But rewarding at the same time. Oh, for sure. Rewarding. Yeah. But I mean, it's freaking not like, it's not like rainbows and, uh, no, no, no. I, I don't think anyone would, would think poop. that you, you certainly didn't think that going into it. So it's a no, no, but mindset. that's, that's the ball game though. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, Steph Curry is not just stepping out on the floor. Like, you know, uh, after doing whatever he wants all uh-huh. day and just flicking threes, it's, right. it's a grind and you don't, you know, you probably don't, you know, you see the world's recording and you're like, those guys are great. Uh, and like whatever, but it's, it's hard, very difficult. Yeah. And pipe bands are not like professional sports teams. No, not at all. Pipe not bands even are, in grade one. No, there's nothing to equate what pipe bands are like. I have, I have visions in my head. That's what field marshals like, but 
I think they're not human. I think they're robots. But uh, I don't but think that's I don't think that's actually true. I think they're I probably pretty similar to most bands, just you know, maybe a little bit more advanced in certain respects. But um, but it's not like that. But like, they could be robots. But there's like you know. <laughs> There's communication breakdowns all the time in pipe bands. Well, right. And uh, that that's where the business of the pipe band, I think, gets mixed up with the music of the pipe yeah. band. Yeah, so and the, I mean, you know, most gr- most really good bands have administrators yeah. that are like, a, you know, either paid or like explicitly one step removed from the group mm-hmm. so that that like rational objective decisions can be made. Yeah. We're, and we're kind of set up like that. Yeah. You know, we have a, a board. I mean, most bands have boards, but there's no unilateral decision made by any one person. Yeah. I mean, it's... You got to separate the business from the music. Yeah. It's a difficult thing. And, and uh, but yeah, it's a hard thing going back to like, you know, playing in the band or whatever. Yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to do. And like, yeah, but there's a way, there's definitely a group of people that would just, that are just uh, salivating to do it. Hmm. But like, it's not really the way that it works. Right. It's just like, it, you know, you can picture any other like really high pressure cooker type like environments, you know, a lot of people come to the band and just get dropped. Yeah. And that's the way that it is. And it was that it was that way in Orin more, but to a way more like amateurish degree. Well, just the expectation was just set to different levels. Right? But it's like, you know, you get like you get kind of total amateurs that get to band practice and clearly aren't at the standard and just aren't like good in Orin more. Right. But I mean, didn't you know that going into it with well, those individuals? You're, you want to give everybody a shot. OK, that's like, fair. You know, but like you'll show up and it's just like not even close. Yeah. And um, meanwhile, in, the Inverair would be different. It would be like players who are amazing on paper mm-hmm. perhaps even legendary on paper and it's like nope hmm. just not like it's not the right not the right set of materials that you need right and I, i'm sure it's different band to band like i have a direct line to Stuart because we're we're both like you know in sfu together mm-hmm. for years so that was that was my like you know when when I decided to get back into top bands again, like I I, I was fairly confident that Stuart would at least be interested in entertaining the mm-hmm. idea of me coming to play, and he you know thankfully, luckily was super into it and excited about it. But like, but we also know we we have the same playbook, sure, and the same like the same specific set of skills uh, that you that you kind and of and you need. came from a similar schooling at well, SFU, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. like, and, and I ran or and more and we weren't as good as Inverary at one time we were, but not for very long. Cause they went from kids and then they went right up. But like, but what was interesting is going to Inverary and, and they were already like at the top of grade one by the mm-hmm. time I joined the band, but like going to Inverary, it was actually, a, I, and I talked to Eric and Keegan and they were my pipe sergeants mm-hmm. in or and more. Right. Yeah. So, but I talked to them and it's like, you know, obviously there are some differences in the way they set up the band, but it's remarkable how, almost exactly the same our approaches were yeah like the materials in Verary had are a lot different players are a lot better mm-hmm. and have been taught by like Stuart and Steven recorder and these guys like all the way through which is right. like so cool uh so like i think they had a, a lot more like t- talent pool isn't the right word i don't really like the word talent that much but like you know just to use a generic term so they had a lot more kind of talent at their disposal maybe mm-hmm. but like the approach was almost identical hmm. <coughs> to like okay how are we going to get get the job done so it's kind of cool yeah kind of reassuring do you, do you think a lot of bands lack that approach 
What approach? Uh, the setup approach, how to get it done. Very few people have a 360 degree understanding of uh, putting together a good band. Yeah. Uh, per, all personality faults aside. Sure. Because, uh, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm okay. talking about just skill set. Okay. Like, obviously, I'm a prick. You know, so that's never going to work. I don't think you're a prick. Um, And obviously, Stuart's a super nice, soft-spoken guy. (laughs) You know? But, uh, yeah, he is. He is a really nice, soft-spoken guy. Just don't piss him off at band. Don't get him riled up. Okay. That's my advice. Never get the boss riled up. Yeah. No, but, but yeah, so I think we we express our emotions in different ways, Stuart and I. So I'm not talking about the personality approach. But just like the technical skill set approach. Yeah. Right. And, and, and a lot of bands lack that. Almost all. Yeah. That's pins yeah. the tail on the donkey. Almost all. I mean, including almost, not all grade one bands, but including many grade one bands. It's like there are key fundamental building blocks that are absent. Yeah. And that's like, you know, and, and I think you can be okay without that. Like Oren Moore, what we were missing we were missing just like the individual player to player ability. Hmm. You know, um, we weren't, but I mean, the work ethic was there. I mean, we just had, you know, we just had players that uh, weren't at the top of grade one playing standard yet. You right. Know? Um, Good band players though. Well, certainly great. I mean the best. Yeah. Uh, but just like individual technique in one way or another was just not where it needed to be hmm. yet. It's like, it's like a, the difference between a number one college basketball team and a number 67 college basketball team. They can both be really well coached, but the number one team's got all the NBA draft players in it, you know? And that's, that's what Phil Marshall and Scottish power and St. Lawrence and Inverary and SFU. That's what those bands are. They're like those top echelon college basketball programs or football programs, right? You know, like Notre Dame football team, they've got like, all of their seniors are going to go pro or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then meanwhile, like, you know, 10 spots back this year anyway, was like Syracuse Mm -hmm. where I'm from, uh, Syracuse uh, football team. We're like, probably maybe one of those guys is going to go in the draft, you know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But they're both really well coached and it's possible Syracuse football team could maybe, you know, sneak a win in maybe over Notre Dame, like on a really lucky day. But you, but you understand what I mean? Right. It's like a different echelon of player. And I think that's what's hard hmm. about, it's, it's hard about, you know, you have to try and figure out where your band is at and mm-hmm. what you're going to do. And like, I think a lot of bands struggle with that, especially the lower grade bands struggle with that. I mean, even like, cause we would, uh, and, and a good example, and I don't want to come off the wrong way, but you know, we would do battle with the Ontario bands all the time mm-hmm. when we did or and more. So we would have, we would go to Maxville and we would always get beat on their home court for sure. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, one of the things that we took a lot of pride in is occasionally not all the time we would, we would be able to beat them. Like in 2011, we qualified and let's say for example, the 70th Frasers did not qualify that year. Mm -hmm. That was a big win for us. Yeah. Uh, And in large part because player for player, the 70th Frasers on paper should have crushed the living bejesus out of us. But what we were able to do through like the system and the approach was to turn players who were not, who were not that level yet. I think they all, you know, would, would have been if we kept at working at it longer, Hmm. but it was a huge win for our set of players to achieve that level. Yeah. 
huge win. Um, it's good that you saw it that way too. I mean, the band did, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. That was a weird. That was a weird year. And it was probably it was probably or at least potentially a fluke. That would be the negative way of looking at it, maybe. Although we were close to qualifying again in 2012. Yeah. Um, we were a much better band in 2012, sound-wise. Just like, tw- 2012 was the last year of Oren Moore. Mm-hmm. But like, there was just a lot of like, a lot of like cracks that had opened up in the group in a variety of ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. That, uh, that were like, you know, probably cracks that needed to have been prevented like years before. But like, we were all young guys. Yeah. No, nobody really knew. Nobody really knew. Uh, and you know, so that, and then there were a few like major conflicts that occurred in the off season after 2012. And that was it. That Well, it wasn't it. I mean, um, we tried to put a band out in 2013 and then, and then we merged with Stuart Highlanders after right. that, but uh, merging is a whole different podcast. <laughs> it's just a really difficult thing to do. All right. It's two very different, you know, two cultures and like trying yeah, to figure we've, out we've, how to fit it together. We've had those conversations and they're difficult. Yeah. Don't do it. No. The trick, I think I've been, and I've been through all this, like I've been through this whole thing. Yeah. And, um, I think it's important to say, don't do it. Yeah. Like don't do it. And like the, where you're, where you will have gone wrong is not to have been patient and taking your time and, built up the quantity mm-hmm. bef- before you became obsessed with quality. Hmm. That's the, that's the thing, right? It's, you have to have the balance, but bet- this is just me rambling. No, that's it's the balance. You have to strike the perfect balance between quantity and quality. Right. And we, we've talked about this. Right. And it's like, you need to develop your players and your system the way that you want. And you need to figure out a way to do that in a way that compensates for the, uh, what do we call it? The depreciation factor. Mm. What do we call that? Uh, when people leave, I don't remember. There's a word I'm not getting in my head, but it's like, you have to figure out how to do that and you have to mold players in the vision of the music that you want to create and you have to do that and and take your damn time with it because there's no, there's no silver lining to qualifying in the world's, you know, getting your band to qualify at the Worlds in grade one and then having it fall apart because you don't have... Right. There's nothing sustainable about well, that. Well, you, so. you don't have the resources and in the process of not having the resources but trying to do it anyway, you damage relationships. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. It's a mathematical uh, definite. Hmm. You know what I mean? You're stretched. You're stretching things so thin that you have to put like... Or that you have to you have to take shortcuts in personal relationships with people to make it happen, mm. you know. It's why the mafia is like it's why the people in the mafia are not like typically super happy people, you know. It's like they're stretching things pretty thin to make everything happen. Yeah, that's all of us in life, though, too. Yeah, stretching you, things terribly. Well, thin. and I think that's why I think that's why like patience really is an important thing. Yeah. How the hell do we get on this topic? I, I don't know. It's a good topic, though. But uh, but I think I think that's the that's a lesson that uh, many of us learned through the Oren Moore uh, dive bomb. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of parallels in life that kind of interweave with pipe band life. For sure. 
all. And that's, I think that's why that's part of what the fascination is. It's yeah. also why we sit around. That's at least why I sit around and watch football games sometimes. It's like you watch two teams play football, and that's the same sort of thing. You're you're looking at like a like a really entertaining microcosm of like a lot of the struggles that you try to figure out in real life. You're right. You know what I mean? Yep. Like who's gonna win? Uh, who's gonna win tomorrow? Patriots or Kansas City Chiefs? We're uh, in Kansas City, so it, it's. But uh, but it's a fascinating right. discussion. Like the super experienced, greatest of all time quarterback, and like super experienced so, and, team. And do you have these kinds of discussions going into the worlds too? Oh, for sure, yeah. no doubt, no yeah. question. Oh, although, and we all do. Although um, we're it's al- funny seeing the polls up already. You know who 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 who, who do you think's going to do it this year? Oh, we haven't seen any of the bands play yet. Uh, if you had money, you know where you have to put it, though. Yeah. Which is? I don't have an opinion yet. Yeah, you're just afraid to say it on the podcast. <laughs> Coward. Producer, who would you put your money on today? Oh, in the very. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. It's a tough thing. I mean, uh, you know, it's a tough thing to put your money on, though. Yeah. Because Field Marshall just wins so much. Right. Consistency, right? I mean, uh, I sometimes because Blair Brown and I, we didn't talk about this. On but their but podcast. their culture has changed a little bit now, though, too. So I mean, it's a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah. I have thoughts about that, but it's totally none of my business, and I will not pontificate. That's fine on a podcast about it. But uh, but I am sure that it won't have a a negative impact on the you know overall quality of what's going on. Right. Um. But yeah, you got to put your money on it. Yeah, I always just I, I I enjoy hearing the new medleys, the new tunes, and seeing the bands out there. It's uh, I I don't have my money on anybody. I wouldn't put it on anybody. Um, yeah, but there's definitely discussions about that pertaining to the worlds. Although I will say, when you're in it, we're way, we're super cynical pricks about it. No, that's good though. No, but like you know, for us, it's just like ah, uh, you know. Like, this is what's going to happen because so-and-so is, you know, thinking such-and-such and said this See, and that under the, that under the kilt, under the kilt and is like, becoming a real thing right now. But it's now. all about, like, it's all about uh, what judge is good for who. And it's all the cynical crap that's not, I don't think it's really real, but it certainly feels real. Like, and I think the week before the Worlds, you're just feeling so much pressure that mm-hmm. it's, it's just easier to try to pre-blame. Hmm. Right. Because it's, it's prepared, right? So if something does go... The best of the best don't really do it. Yeah. I do it less now than when I was younger, but I still do it. Uh, well, we all do. I mean, every band at every level, they, they're going to a contest and they want to see who their judges are. But that's amateur bullshit, right? Yeah. But it's, but it's it, not amateur bullshit because it goes all the way up to the oh, top. Oh, it does? Yeah. But it's like I... In, you know, I look back now to how I was behaving a few months ago at the Worlds and like, you know, it's total crap. Yeah. You, you have no control over that. Right. You, there's no good reason to be uh, fixated on and, that, and you or can't control it. what they hear either, or how they hear yeah. it. And it's interesting. And I'm and and in in how in my actual output, I'm I'm much better. Knock knock on. Uh, is is the woodpecker back? The, I think uh, it wants some gummy bears. The, the butt cracked the the big butt cracked Kansas City woodpecker. Uh, I think he's back. Um, but knocking on. Uh, conservative metal table here i'm a lot better i'm a lot better about that now as far as like saying that's contagious and that's contagious too within the band yeah it's interesting though i mean that's that's one area 
where uh, I, I just feel like Field Marshal really has like... They, they lock it down and it's... And I mean, I don't think it's official. I don't think Richard's like, right, you guys, lock it down. But they're just so seasoned and experienced. Even the and, and the young the younger people that are in there, mm-hmm. they're in that they're in that like infrastructure right. of those seasoned players. And and they're picking up on it fast, which is just be in the zone. Like like play all the way to the whistle, like the absolute best you can and just be totally dialed right. in. Focus on the things you can control and make sure, you know, like I think they're dialed in really, really well to that. I, in my opinion, and it's not my place to say too much on it, but in my opinion, like, you know, that's where, that's one area where Inverary could definitely improve. It's like just, just a lot, a lot of jitters and like, you know, you get to the world and like a lot of people just making mistakes they wouldn't normally make because the nerves are... Distraction. Yeah, and right. like, and it's weird to think because I, I never was like, in SFU, I was that guy with the jitters yeah. for a long time and I, you know... Uh, I recently wrote about like a major mistake I made. You can look that up if you want. I don't recommend it. It's a horrifying story. But yeah, like I made mistakes at bad moments and like screwed it up big time when I was a kid. But like that perspective is something that's a really important ingredient too. I think lower grade bands can learn from that. Oh, agreed. You know, what are the things in your control? And like figure out how to control them the best like you can. Right. Because, uh, you know, all that other crap, like, doesn't matter. Funny story. Just talking about focusing on things that are in your control. I was playing, I was preparing for the silver medal one year when I was younger. And I was in Glas- Glasgow Lands games. You guys have been there. We have. It might have actually been Rockland County games. Have you ever been Never there? Never been there. Uh, it's similar to Glasgow Lands. And, and for a long time, they were on the same weekend. So yeah. Glasgow Lands was the day before. Playing my P-Brock at... Um, Rockland and like, you know, things are going fine, whatever. I'm playing for Leslie Webster, really great piper from New Hampshire. Do you know Leslie? I do not. The other Joe Brady does, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. We have to talk about the other Joe Brady, at least briefly. The real Joe Brady. Uh, But uh, uh, so this bee starts buzzing around. Oh, the producer's leaving. Yeah. Hey, find uh, the other two and let them know we'll we'll definitely go for barbecue. Oh, that's them? Yeah. All right. That was them knocking? Oh, yeah. that was the phone. Okay. Let them know we're going, we're going a bit here. Yeah, All we're right. pretty good. We're getting close. We're going to go to Kansas City Joe's. Kansas City Joe's? Yeah. Oklahoma called, Joe's? Oklahoma Joe's. I think it's just Joe's now. Could be. Aren't we in Kansas City? Yeah. I don't know what's up with that. Is there construction out there? Construction? Yeah, what are they doing over there? <laughs> I don't know. Um, what, were I, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Leslie Webster. Yes. I, um, now that I think of this, I think she's here this week and I'm going to tell her about it. But uh, this bee starts flying around her and, you know, I guess she's deathly afraid of bees. <laughs> so she's judging my pee brog. This is very serious. This is weeks before I'm going over to Scotland to play in the silver medal, folks. Yeah. Le- Leslie Webster gets up out of her chair and starts running <laughs> like... 50 yards that way, 100 yards this way, like swatting at this bee. And I don't even think the bee was there anymore, really. But she kind of like freaked out a little. It was it was really hilarious. But I, I remember like just being dialed in, like, I guess, what can you do? You keep playing. It's out of your control right. what's going on. It's totally something you've never experienced before and probably never will again. Another example was w- one year 
we were like taking the band across the track uh, at Bridge of Allen games mm-hmm. and like a, a cyclist race like crashed into the side of the band right as we were going. It was wild. Yeah, I, I remember seeing a, a herd of sheep run through a circle. Oh, yeah. But like any no. of that kind of stuff, can, it's almost like maybe that's the reason why they set up the games the way they do in Scotland. I, it's like good. It's like to teach like stoic performance philosophy to uh, stay focused. Yeah. But like that's out of your control. I remember just kind of being like, all right, whatever. Yeah. And I won the contest. I played fairly well. I won the contest. And I, I don't know if it's because Leslie felt Did bad. Did she come back and say she missed a certain portion? Uh, no, I mean, she just kind of, I mean, she was listening technically, but it was, <laughs> it was wild. But yeah, like, like, uh, I think people misunderstand that element of performance. Hmm. It's not really about perfection necessarily, but just like, you know, doing what you can do during the time you're doing it. Yeah. And not every band at every play. Yeah. And like, you know, and and I tell people that sometimes and they think I'm joking, but it's like the way I prepare for the world now is very simple. And by the way, we can wrap it up. No, no, we're fine. I just, I want to make sure with the producer, um, it's like the way I prepare for the worlds right now is really simple, which yeah. is to say my goal is by the time I get to the worlds, all I have to think about is starting my pipes, playing all the right notes and then stopping. Right. And that's all I want to have to think about. Like I don't, you don't want to think about like, Oh, I have to be careful to keep the Terre Lewis in the third part of the Strass Bay really open. Like you do, you have to get that right. Right. But you get that right during preparation. And then uh, you do that so many times and you get it right so many times that when you're at the Worlds, it's going to be the last yeah, it's the thing performance you would that you ever just play. think about. Yeah. Right. And so like, and that's what I do, you know, and then so I start my pipes at the Worlds, make sure the bass doesn't double tone. Like that's the biggest thing, right? Get the pipe started. As long as that's good, get the E in. Yeah. All right. Now you're good. And then I turn in and I just kind of like, I just stay aware. I kind of count the parts, mm-hmm. especially in the MSR, like make sure you know what part you're on. So you know what comes next. And then you get to the end and you make sure you stop. Yeah. And that's it. And that's all. Everything else will take care of itself. But that's, that should be your approach to preparation. Right. Is setting yourself up. So all you have to do is push the pins over. Yeah. If you can now, you know, having said all this, I'll do something stupid, but, but hopefully not. I don't think so. And, you know, and I'm confident that won't be the case because of how I prepare, but that's not the way it always, that's not the way it is. Well, and is everyone else around you prepared the same way? No, I don't think so. Um, And that's every band, right? And I think it is okay for it to be different for everybody, but the, the, that idea of proper preparation and understanding what that is. Mm-hmm. I think that is universal across the best players. Yeah. Certainly. I I'm certain that's what it's like for Stuart, you know, uh, and, and Allie and some of the most. So sometimes I guys. think he just picks up his bagpipes and plays. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's true sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, but, and, and I think sometimes he does just bust it out and just rides out the talent to see what happens. Cool. Yeah. But he wouldn't do that in high pressure situations, probably. Certainly not if he was really serious about, the, you know what I mean? Sometimes mm-hmm. you can play a competition and you're not necessarily as prepared as you wish you were, but you're just like, you know what? Let's give it a whirl. And, yeah. worth, and, it's, and it's a good play, right? Yeah. And maybe I'll do well and maybe I won't. Like, yeah. I, th- I definitely think there's times like that. But, you know, when it comes to like a major uh, for the band competition sure. or when it comes to like playing in the clasp, usually he's 
super on the ball and, and will have prepared himself in such a way that <clears throat> that performance itself is somewhat routine. And is there a routine both for the individual and then the organization? But I, I think it's all the same. Okay. It's the same like overarching philosophy. Yeah. But yeah, the organization, like band practice will be run in such a way that, you know, uh, there shouldn't be any mystery or distraction yeah. or... Same thing, a lot of bands suffer from that. They don't know how to run a band practice. It's, it's pretty interesting. Watch the world's recordings from the past several years. Yeah. In particular, the year we won, for example. Count the number of times Stuart, the pipe major of the band, taps his foot. You ever notice that? I didn't, no. We notice that sometimes, but like when the band's going really great, Stuart doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's just weird. He I mean, shouldn't, but he shouldn't have to, right? That's uh, conceptually based on the philosophy I'm spewing right yeah. now. Like conceptually, that's like the whole point. Right. As a matter of fact, going back to talking about similarities to what we were doing in Oren Moore to Inverary, like as a matter of fact, I made, I was always very minimal about that too, because it's like, if you're really listening, dialed in with the program, you, you shouldn't really need me that much. Yeah. You know, and then I'm just know, here playing and I'll show you the breaks and I'll give you cues that are important, but yeah, you don't need it. But even then it's, but how many bands out there are where the pipe major is like super animated it's... with the foot, man. Yep. And there's a little bit of showmanship involved with it. Like I, I think Terry, he, he did a lot with the foot and stuff, but it was like, and, and I, I don't know, I'll have to ask him someday when my long form podcast become more professional and I stop insulting people so much spineless, uh, cowards. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, I'll have to ask him, but it's like, I think a lot of that is presentation value. Like I think there's an expectation of, of leadership, right? Yeah. Like you, to convey that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think Stuart's like, um, I'm just blabbing. They're all, if they're listening, which I hope they're not, they're like rolling their eyes. But like, I think Stuart's like his vibe, his leadership vibe is chillaxed. Yeah. You know, people assume he's chillaxed. People might want to check that assumption. Yeah. Certainly like Because it, it's, it's an intense chillaxed, right? It's very intense yeah. chillaxed, yeah. Oh, you could see it in his eyes. I mean... Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. And I think, I, mean, I, I, think I, I may have said five words to him uh, in Virginia, but no, you could see it in his eyes. It just, it, it's a light switch. Yeah, and... and um, but like his his vibe, his, his mantra is to try to stay chillaxed. Yeah. Uh, but like, so that's how he's going to, is that what the Hawaiian shorts are all about? Oh yeah. Probably. Okay, yeah. That's, that's fair. <laughs> probably. Um, but like, that's, that's why he'll, ju he's just, he'll just kind of stand there and chill and let the band do its thing. And then like, I think Terry was more of like a, he was more of a power pipe major yeah. in a way. How were you? How was I? Yeah. Do you like the foot? I was definitely always like trying to model like first and foremost, uh, the Terry Lee style okay. if I could, but I mean, no. <laughs> like I'm just not uh, like Terry Lee is a huge inspiration and Jack of course and yeah. like you know uh, they're huge inspirations for me running or and more of course but it's like my personality type is wildly divergent yeah it, mostly it, in just the total lack of discipline and a variety of uh, you know necessary personality traits yeah it's funny watching other bands you know you see videos on youtube of other bands and the pipe major leading and i think the higher they lift their foot the more they're getting someone's attention and it's just it's such a distraction yeah that's right but they don't know any better i, I think a lot of times they don't well they're making false assumptions and they're yeah. clearly not understanding what preparation is all about <laughs> right right because if you have to do that it's if too you late. have to do that it means you're not prepared right really to a degree I mean, there are some pipe majors with, you know, big uh, 
style of leadership. Like, for example, Bill Livingston was, you know, a great pipe major of a mm-hmm. great band. Right. No doubt. And he was, you know, he was a much more animated player. And it's not because they weren't prepared. So, so like, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. But right. you kind of know what, what I mean, right? No, I, I do. And uh, It's yeah. like, if you have to try to lead the band when you're actually in performance it's mode. It's too late. That's, a, that's bad. Yeah, it's not it's what you late. want. It, it needs to be, all, you know, it's a conducting tool only. Right. That's it. Yeah. I think there needs, yeah. Bands need to know that lower grade bands, especially. Yeah, and I mean th- that's the reason they're lower grade bands, though, too. Yeah, that's a word of that's, that's, that's a pearl of wisdom from that's, Stuart that is, Little. That's fair. That's he, Stuart Little. I was telling him something about s- some band I was working with at some point, and he was like, "Doogie, that's my name." I tell him, he's like, "Doogie, that's why it's grade three, man." <laughs> and I'm like, "Damn it, that makes so much sense, and it's so true." It does. I just don't like putting bricks in, in the holes. It's you know you want to see them improve. So what do you do? Right. Yeah. And, but that's why it's uh, that's why it's lower grade. So again, going back to just, I think the answer is patience and hard work and consistency. Well, it, it, patience, hard work, consistency, both on the band, but more importantly on the individual, you know, what, what do they bring to the circle? That's what I, you know, that's the core tenant of my, certainly my approach. Yeah. Right. Band, and that's, it's funny cause that's actually, my approach has shifted cause it originally it was the band. It was all about the band, the band, it's all about the band. And uh, unless people are doing their part to individually come into the circle and being prepared both with their instrument and with the fundamentals of, of playing, then why are you in the circle? Right. So it's, it's tough. And that for me too. It's like, how do you make, how do you, who do they pick for the NFL? Right. Right. It's not necessarily like the most magical. They're not going around asking coaches like, who's your best team player? Hey, Nick Saban, like who's your best team player, man? That's not what they're asking. You know what I mean? It's like who can run the fastest 50 meter sprint right. or whatever. You know, and then who can uh who can bench press two and a half times their body weight or whatever it right. is. You know. And it's like, you know, here are the metrics we need. If you don't have the metrics, you're not even in the discussion. That's and in bas- and in basketball, it's like, like, what do you mean you're not above six feet? Hmm. Or like if you want to be a fighter pilot, at least the myth, I'm, you know, is you have to be a certain body type, right? Like certain height, you have to have good vision. Yeah. They don't care if you're a team player, like, like as a baseline. Mm-hmm. And like, sorry, folks, pipe bands are a little bit that way. Yeah. Like you can be super nice and that doesn't, and, and you, you could be super nice and you could have made the band the last 10 years. Mm. That doesn't mean you're in this year. Right. And you have to build a culture that understands that somehow too. Well, because hard work has to be consistent. Yeah. So like you guys have, from what I understand, a, a, a sensible like audition process, which is great. Yeah. For, especially for the new students, right? It, it's bringing them up through the process. Should be for the old students too. It, even if it, they... And even it if, is. So there's a lot of one-on-one that goes on with, yeah. with Ken, kind of uh, your meat grinder yeah. uh, methodology. We like that, by the way. Yeah. I didn't dub it that. Uh, I was, I think Eric Olette and Keegan started okay. calling it the meat grinder. Yeah. yeah. But that's what it is, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, when were we talking about? I mean, I know when you and I were talking about it, but then I was talking about it with somebody else. Oh, you were talking about it with. Oh, Jared, with. Oh, yeah. Can, I, can we talk about. Can they're, we talk they're some here shit about this those weekend, guys? By the oh, way. I know. We talked about having a Zoom, a Zoom recorder four way because they have their microphones too. <sighs> Maybe you could get on that because right now we only have three guys. Oh, Lord. They're really into that kind of four-way. I know that. I, I just wish they'd get so, it over with. <laughs> speaking of getting it over with, <laughs> when you were on the Channerant podcast, you threw me under the bus no, within the first that's not true. two minutes. 
That's not true. I'm boring and no, whatever. No, you're, you're not boring. You're not. So, so you know, I, that was teed up by them in advance, just so you know, yeah, too. I know. So, you know, that was Josh because he thinks you're boring. Yeah. You're not boring. He just doesn't get it. That's right. Josh doesn't get it. <laughs> Have you heard that guy play a grip? It's. <laughs> It's humiliating, man. See, and every time he goes to play a grip on air, he goes, oh, you're just, just going to tell me this grip sucks. If I'm being honest, Ding! I've been too busy to uh, been too busy to keep up with the show uh, lately. I'm going to, uh, honestly, I haven't, I haven't listened to my episode and I haven't listened since. Now I know Kenny um, Heiner was just on I think I listened to your, well, because I, yeah. Yeah, because I threw you under the yeah, bus, right? Because the they teed me up for that. So yeah. they just want to see us fight. Mm. That's a different podcast. Yeah, We'd have to do a vlog for that. Can we talk at least a little bit about how crappy and awful their podcast is it and is, how no one should listen to it? It is awful. It's the worst thing ever. Um, I am not one of the six. I know you're not one of the six. For me, it's a really weird thing. Uh, it's a really weird podcast for me because sometimes it's like the greatest thing and sometimes I'm literally wanting to reach through my podcast right there with you. and like strangle those freaking idiots. Because sometimes they have a script. And sometimes they don't. And sometimes they just say crap that's just totally off and not right. I'll agree all. with that too. Which I, I do too, I'm sure, but it's at a higher level that yeah. I'm off. Yeah. Maybe. But man, I just want to slap those guys sometimes. <laughs> well, Fusco works for me. And Josh worked for me a little bit. Yeah. Doing some media stuff at, at one time. But like, uh, and Andy works for me. So he should know better sometimes. Yeah, yeah I think Andy does. Andy is the, um, he's the soft one in the relationship. He's like, he's like Mr. Responsibility, but then he has like major lapses of like reason. Well, alcohol will do that. I know. know, It's the the drinking contest. Yeah. But it's a cool, I I support the podcast. It's it's entertaining. In a weird, in a crude, crass, unintelligent, stupid kind of way, I, I, they're doing a similar thing to what the dojo is doing, which is, you know, trying, trying to like sift through the. Diff, you know the the stew to like figure out what's going on and like try a stew to, or a salad would you say i don't know uh it's more of a stew okay salad's more canadian as you now know you're welcome for your education uh but yeah so like in a weird way like we're allies yeah even though josh threatens real life terrorism that's, that's on his true. own yes. show yes yes Besides that. And he's gotten my band in trouble as well. How do you get you guys in trouble? That's another podcast. Oh, I know another, why. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's the calling, uh, calling bagpipe dignitary C words. Yes. Incident. Yes. Yeah. Cause it always comes back to us cause right. it's all my fault. Well, cause right after they said that, they're like, you know, Joe Brady agrees with us. So yeah. it's okay that we said that. Yeah. Ergo the F you Joe Brady, uh, hashtag. Yeah. So there you go. That's lovely. I don't have an F you Joe Brady shirt. My wife has one. <laughs> I know. I know. I know this. Because I listened to your absolutely, episode. Absolutely comical. So I, th- I think it's kind of cool. I, I don't know. I've, I've chatted with Andy about like I think re- that, real talk about where they should go with the show. And, and it's are, their show. And I don't want them to do what I think they should do necessarily. But, but I think there's like, I think they need to, I think they're getting close to figuring out what their mission is, but they yeah. need to ID what it is and go for well, it. Well, they certainly have moments of clarity with, some of their podcasts. There are certain topics they hit on. The service ban is is a good topic. I mean, even piping in the United States is a good topic for them to stay on. Yeah, um, it's well within their wheelhouse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they do get off topic easily. And one of the problems with the way that they have 
I wouldn't, I won't say conducted themselves so far. Cause that sounds like, even though I'm, well, they've grown. Yeah. But like, you know, <clears throat> I think they have to establish a brand of at least relative, like uh relative propriety or responsibility. That's me. Oh, okay. Relative propriety or something so that they can get big names to come on and hang with them. Yeah. I don't think any big names are going to come on. It's and hang too with risky them. right yeah. now. Right. Yeah. Like you don't, like the, these people, it's their livelihoods, right? right? Like, let's say you want to talk, like Jack comes down and works with them. Yeah. He doesn't want to be on the podcast. He, although Jack doesn't know what a podcast is, does he? Uh, I don't, well, he, I don't know. That's okay. He'll be here this weekend. You know. We can ask him. Okay. I think he'll be here this this weekend. He should be on the four way. Uh, I'm yeah. not commenting on that. <laughs> Jack is a great mentor of mine. Uh, just not. don't piss them off okay yeah well that's what this uh, that's why yeah. I don't want to comment fair enough so he may or may not know what a podcast is but like if I were Jack I wouldn't go on I don't think right I I was kind of surprised to see you on the show yeah well and it was definitely it's definitely like a 50-50 for me yeah. but but you know like I just I I keep them a little bit in check I would agree with that and if anything bad happened I would just fire Andy and then <laughs> Andy, are you listening? Yeah, Andy. No, no, but like, you know, uh, but I, you know, I, I'm pretty straight laced about that. Yeah. One of the, that's one of the reasons I'm the boring guy is because I, I don't want to go there. You're not the boring guy. But yeah, it's a little bit of a 50-50 toss up for me going on the show. But at the same time, like, you know, we premeditate the topics. And, 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 and there are several of the one of the six that are members of the dojo too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. So it's. And we have definitely met, we have definitely gained a member or two you know, because of they, they heard about me on the show. Yeah. So, uh, and so there's a little bit of that, but at the same time, like it's just fun to do. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm doing this is because it's fun to do. Um, so let's wrap it up. Yes. What's next for wake and district? Like, what's the goal? Are you guys like grade two and then grade one and then world <laughs> domination? <laughs> we, we just want to continue to grow, grow the program and kind of grow, the, grow the tradition, the art in the region. Like, do you guys have like a mission statement? For example, I remember Orrin Moore's mission statement. And somebody, yeah, that's me. Somebody um, showed it to me recently and I forgot all about it, but we had this mission statement like mm -hmm. step one, become, you know, uh, the best performance band. Well, is that a mission statement be. or are those goals? Maybe they're goals slash yeah. mission statements, but it was like, you know, perform inspiring music and, you know, be the best band in New York state and yeah. then be the best band in USPBA and then, you know, win the great, like there was a set list of goals. I mean, like, what's the vision for you guys? So it's funny. We, we kind of do a, a check on that every year in January of our annual general so meeting. so organized. Yeah. It's, you guys, I'm kind of like that. It's kind of annoying. Uh, we have a good group of people that organize it with me, though. So, so we kind of do these checks. I, I'll, let me go back to last year, 2018. Uh, we had some plans. We wanted to go to Chicago and win in grade three. We wanted to win the Dave McKee Did you win? trophy. Oh, we won. Yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah, we won. We beat Chicago. It was a great contest. Um, MWPBA put on a great, great contest. Uh, this year, you know, laying out things, we want to get our grade four back out into the field as a band. Uh, in addition to our grade five, we have more, we have eight more pipers that are going to come up and compete in grade five this year. And we have to start teaching some other light music to the grade five players that we want in grade four and growing the grade three. And we want to take the grade three to Maxville and Chicago this year. Okay. So it's just, a, it's setting kind of targets. Yeah. Things we want to do, things we intend to do. I like to use that word. We intend to do this. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sets the vision for the organization. And you can't, you know, and like you can't, to what we were talking about before, it's like, what can you do that won't be cutting off your nose to spite your face? 
kind of thing. Like, like you don't want, cause you know, you don't want to be like, Oh, we want to get the grade three band to grade two, but like you could do that. But sometimes that means kind of leaving the other aspects of the organization in the dust a little. Well, right. And the, it, it, with the organization, it's the band. When we say the band, it's the whole band, yeah. right? Cause the whole band goes out and does things together. It's, that's a very like a uh, progressive attitude. But. It's it's a fun way to do it. It really is. Yeah, it, but and you need everyone's buy-in it. for it though. Um, when we did like, um, I started in the Mohawk Valley Frasers pipe band. Mm-hmm. You know them? I know the name. I don't know them. Uh, for a long time, they're very good grade three band and stuff. But they had that was how that organization worked. Yeah, it's like the, the band is the band. Right. Grade grade nothing to five to four to three. Right. And like when you and they did like twenty five gigs a year. Or more, yeah. As a whole group, and then yeah, occasionally there were competitions where like you know the higher level groups would play, and um, like that's the way to do it. I think. Yeah, it, it's the only way to do it for the organizations to grow. Yeah, it's possible to stagnate doing that too, but but like, well, and and we we see that, and uh, you have to have leaders within the organization, not just the organizational leaders, but the musical leaders that that push the program, and you yeah. need to know where how far you can push people to. That's right. No, that's that's a struggle. And you have to balance that. Like, <laughs> I'm not good at that. I have yeah. help. So, uh, yeah, you man, should it, get my wife a job in North Carolina. Yeah, and then what does she do? Uh, she <laughs> she's in fundraising. <laughs> oh, so she uh, she we we know people that do fundraising. She's in North a director Carolina. of uh, she's a director of development. Okay, is what her position is called for a pretty big nonprofit. Uh, that's all I'll say to protect yeah. her privacy because I, I know there's tons of people listening. <laughs> well, your mom's listening. And she her, knows. And her social security number <laughs> is. Uh, but yeah, like find a job in North Carolina and then, because um, I want to I want to be, and, and again, uh, Kevin, I don't want to step on Kevin's toes. It's, it's yeah, Kevin. I'm, I'm going to call him Kevin from now on. Uh, Groot. No, I don't want, so I would like, I'll be a humble servant to him. Yeah. But like, I need to be, I need to have my blind ambition bridled by somebody like Joe Brady. Uh, I, I, I blind ambition. No, yeah. it's it's. It, <clears throat> you got to slide, but when you hire my wife, you got to slide <laughs> like a piece of paper across the table, and it's got to be a big number. Okay. You know what I mean. We'll talk about that off the uh, the an, podcast. An offer she can't refuse. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great place to raise kids, North Carolina. I mean, um, you know, I've built my business to go anywhere. Yeah. But you know. It, it'll be a, it'll have to be a big number because we have lots of family in the area. And the stuff, cost so. of living is also cheaper in North Carolina, and uh, we don't have as harsh of winters. Really so if you need to keep your, your your cane stable, I know your cane has not dried out a little. Well, a little bit. And uh, Wyatt actually had the opposite problem. He uh, had some mold growing in his. Uh, interesting. So we had to lower his humidity. So that uh, yeah. Uh, but, but for yeah. planning purposes, it's funny you said. I, I it drives me bonkers hearing bands say that you know we're the best band in. North Carolina, we're the premier pipe band of this or that. That drives me crazy. <clears throat> you know, um, yeah, because I don't think anybody cares. No, it sounds a lot like a band that's about to poach a bunch of players from other bands. Right. Yeah. Right. And and we've, you know, everything we do on social social media, it's it's a collective. Should we do this? Should we post this? And it's kind of carefully, yeah, uh, done. And uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna kind of bridle back just ourselves. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I mean, what are you trying to achieve in social media? Like, like a brand awareness? What, like- what I want to, for, for me, it's about promoting our members and what they're doing. You know, that's part of the reason I'm here is, uh, you know, I'm going to video record it and take pictures and promote them and what they're doing. I'm happy for them. 
you know, yeah. I'm happy to see them competing at, at high levels and doing this. It's exciting for the, it's exciting for our band. It's exciting for our band members back home. Yeah. Um, for sure. I think like, you know, I mean, brand awareness, you know, but I mean, you guys have done that so well, I yeah. think. And I, and you know, it's, and I think that's true, but I also think like the, that landscape is changing so much. Uh, you know what I mean? Yep. Like we don't do, uh, like, like the dojo social media strategy. We will get more advanced eventually again, probably with it, but it's like, it's just, it's minimalist now because like, what do you like? What can you do that fits into like that social mm-hmm. media landscape now? Right. I think that's because I, I'm now I now have kids, so now I'm square. I be, you immediately become square when you yeah. have kids. You you don't have kids. I have cats. You have cats. Yeah. So you're still with it. You're hip. You're with it. You're like no, Josh. My wife and I are dinks. From so uh, yeah. You're. So, I mean, uh, I won't say you're so lucky because it's a huge blessing to have kids. Right. Uh. But like, man, it would be nice to go out for a drink every now and then. You can't do that anymore. No, you go out for a cup of coffee instead or you stay at the party afterwards. No, so, yeah. not, we have we have like advanced Keurig machines in the house. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Well, thanks for chatting. Like, well, that's, thanks for having this me. This was yeah. hip. I, I really like, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm actually like. I'm, I'm glad I got to meet you finally face well, to face. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nice to meet you. you know, and I get to meet Josh tonight too, so hopefully I don't strangle him. Are you guys doing a show tonight? No, I have no intentions of doing a show with them. But you, and I'm be... not. That's not me being a coward. Um, no, no, I wouldn't. No, I'd rather just have a beer with Andy. I don't want you. Not to that on this Josh show is again. a dick, but you know, there I said it. He's like a loose cannon, man. <laughs> yes, a little bit. He's not a dick though, he's and he's nice got guy. a really bad grip too. So yeah, his grip is shit. <laughs> that was funny. That little bit I did. I thought it was very funny. Uh, it was funny. It was there were there was even more subtlety in it, like the elevator music that was playing in the background. Like, but they played it like through the line in on yeah. their machine and didn't, you know, so you don't hear the details quite. But yeah, it was funny. Yeah. And then they talked over it, like so. Some of the detail work got lost in the shuffle. But thanks for doing it. Um, I don't know if anyone likes these. A few people have said they like my one with Blair, though. So cool. Even though he was a coward. Oh, spineless. He was spineless. I'm a coward. You're the coward. Yeah, I'm a coward. Um, but, uh, cool, man. All right. That was fun. I hey, think- and thank you for, uh, doing the live stream. I didn't know you guys do that. I, and it's my own ignorance. I didn't pay attention because I you, think, what do you mean you didn't know we did it? I, I didn't. We've been doing it for six years. Yeah. Or something. Shame on me. Maybe I haven't watched winter storm in a couple of years. I mean, I came here the first four years they did winter storm. I was here. I think I remember years. you on the chats in the old days when we did them. Really? Yeah. Chatting in. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like commenting. Yeah. Hmm. I think you were more. You were. You weren't. Um, I wasn't. I, I just maybe I wasn't aware brand awareness of Piper's Dojo with that though. Yeah, that's true. So shame on me. It's kind of a weird name for a business. No, it's not. It's actually it's a good name. And uh, but I agree with where you're going with this. Like it's a weird name, and it doesn't make a lot of sense at first. But but if we but then it's like Dojo. It's like weird. It, oh, do, it doesn't fit in, and that's why. And, it and Andrew, works. I didn't get it until I was into it. Explain you know, more. You have to wait. I hear it. Can you hear? They're talking about the wall. No, they're not. <laughs> I do hear it though. <sighs> damn, damn immigrants. Um, so, tell me more about that. So no, I just uh, I didn't. You know, dojo. You know, which when is, did you get into it? Uh, I got into it last year, uh, probably last summer. Was it the Make Your Bagpipes Easy promotion? No, it was actually the Cane. Oh, okay. The Cane base. So that actually hooked cane. you. Yeah, that hooked me because I I'd been uh, I hated Cane. You know. Uh, Growing up with it, and oh yeah, you play the cane drone reads and just you know put a hair in there. Uh, what does that even mean? Yeah. You know, well, I, nobody like you know 
uh, that is my, whoops, I should, I'm just going to stop playing with this damn thing. Uh, nobody sets up Kane quite like me. Yeah. Like, uh, everybody has like, and I talk about that in the course. Yeah. Uh, you know, like some people use the clips, some people use the hairs, some people leave them out, some people put them in, like whatever. But like, this is the thing that finally worked for me and I documented it. Uh, and and it, it, again, I had such an aversion to it because I hated it and yeah. Ken did too. Kevin. Kevin. And uh, we followed the process. It's cool. Like sometimes you, you, the guy's right in your backyard and you don't have his name right. You couldn't miss him in, in, in the field though. So That's what I'm here for. Uh, but I, well, I used to think his name was Joe Brady. No, that's a different Joe Brady. That's another podcast. Yeah. The real Joe Brady. Podcast. I should have that Joe Brady on. He's a great guy. He, he is a great guy. And, Joe Brady uh, Jr. Jr. I, and I, I knew, know I knew Senior, senior that well. I knew, I, I I knew Senior. I met him on a, on a flight to Hawaii. What? Yeah, just That's weird. very strange. Yeah, um, he was singing Peeb, and I, I'm like, "What the hell?" Yeah, oh yeah, I'm Joe Brady. I go, <laughs> I'm, "I'm Joe, Joe Brady. Brady." Funny. Oh, my son's named Joe Brady. Uh, but uh, <laughs> where are we going with with the Kane? Something about Kane. Kane. And Kane. Kevin. So Ken. Yeah. So I set up. Uh, thank you. I, I set up. Ken has had such an aversion. I'm like, Ken, this is working for me. I love it. You've got to hear my bagpipe. And just he goes, "Oh, wow, that sounds really good." You know, Ken gets intense. Well, I said, what'd you do? And I showed him. And I, I actually showed him. I said, well, watch the video. And then I showed him what I did. And he goes, well, let's set me up. And we set him up. Two reads we found. We plugged it in. And it worked. Yeah. He loved it. And he's had minimal adjusting sense. And then, of course, just keeping it stable has yeah. helped as well. And then I uh, set up a third piper, John Schottler, with it. And just boom. Uh, it, it's been wonderful. It works. Yeah. It works really well. And like, like most of the Inverary guys are not on a system like me, like <coughs> similarities. Some people totally different. It's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, it really works well. And I was telling Colin McClellan actually just today, I think it's cause Kansas city is so dry. Like the topic of like moisture and bagpipes yeah. comes up all the time here. But I was telling him like in the month of July last year, I didn't reach up to tune my drones once hmm. the whole month. Now, granted, like when you're preparing, when I'm preparing for Inverary, I'm not playing like an hour a day. Right. And I'm not trying to play like a long P-Rock with them locked in. Right. But you fire them up and the bass would be really sharp mm -hmm. when you first started up. Uh, but then if you just keep playing within 90 seconds, enough moisture gets yep. in, opens right up to the where it was and locks in with the two tenors, which are still locked. Right perfectly from the next day uh and then then i'm able to play an msr and a medley with little breaks in between uh without and i never touch the drones right. and we're, we're having very similar similar experiences yeah. with that using that cane setup in the it's, circle cane is more stable than synthetic synthetic uh synthetic. We, we agree with that yeah we're getting uh, a little bit more drift from some of the tenors than uh and because most of us are playing synthetic tenors that's right yeah yeah and the drifting is is the synthetic getting wet right and, and we try to mitigate that as much. I mean, you know, that's a, a whole game and science. And and then what do you think about the, so, and then you did the course and it's like, that was one of the first courses we did on the new platform. Now, right. Where it, where it progresses you and, and kind of uh, more or less forces you to do each topic in order and then quizzes you along right. the way and stuff. That's cool, right? I think it's very cool. Um, and, and again, I never went into it cause I'm like, Oh, I don't need that. That's was my thinking. I don't need that. You know, I'm, adequate enough that I can get by and uh you don't need what the courses right I don't yeah, need the oh, course yeah, yeah. you know you think about you, but the cane course is a good like well, uh, the cane course gateway drug yeah. right oh, yeah yeah it did it for me it hooked me 
and it kind of shows you like what the possibilities are. And, um, and you know, I learned that from business trainings. So like, so I, I was about to say they felt a lot like my HR training. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, yeah. cause that's what I, you know, I was like, shit, okay. I've got these piping ideas. I have to figure out how to turn it into a yeah. business. So like I'm, I'm all over the place. Right. And, and like, uh, every now and then you come across these like courses people sell you mm-hmm. and that's how they set them up. Right. And I'm like, how do I do that? Yeah. And then, and I figured out how to do it and took a while and it's, it was not easy. Uh, and then, cause you can't just do it right. Like right. anybody can make a little course, but it's like, it has to integrate with your database and like blah, blah, blah. Right. It has to be automated cause we don't want, like, I'm not trying to sell it to 10 people. Mm-hmm. Like anybody needs to be able to get it, but then we figure out how to set it all up and that's sweet, man. Yeah. Like where I wish I had this when I was a kid, I would have soaked it all up, man. I, I would have been a better player. Yeah. It's a little bit of a sales pitch for myself, but, but it's exciting that you like it. Yeah. And the band does too. So we're getting more members turned on to it. The, uh, yeah. In the perfect world. Fingerwork course and the instrument course. Yeah. Have you taken them? I, I did take them. Yes. Do you do the exams? That, I do. That John well, I, wrote? I've done a couple of the exams. I didn't write those. So John Holcomb, who's a dojo student. Yeah, they have a different flavor. I could, you can kind of tell you didn't write them. Yeah, um, but he did a great job with those, yeah. man. And, and some of the questions are like, I, some of the questions I had to think about, like, where's he going with this? Yeah. But then it's like, okay, yeah. And it's, that's really exciting because he's a guy who is really bought into the dojo way. And right. he's like, he... He's not the best player. Like he's a he's a good grade four soloist. Right. Uh, maybe huh. he could be grade three if he wanted. If yeah. he really like pushed the go button, and he plays in a great he plays in a Fountain Trust Band. Okay. Uh, but like he understands the topic so well that I was I'm like a hundred percent comfortable. Like, hey, like I'm trying because what we needed to do is we had this new platform and we needed to get everything we had uh-huh. over to the new system. Yeah. So we had to migrate all that stuff over. So while I was doing that, now we have the ability to quiz people and to make sure they understand the base, b- basics before they move right. on, which is super valuable. Yep. So while I was migrating all these courses over to the new platform, he was writing that content for me. Hmm. And then all I had to do is proofread it. Yeah. And it was magic. It's a great adder for it. It really is. It, uh, it's beneficial. Yeah. And like, so... But it's also take it for a band. Like you're the guy who said Dojo U is not for bands. That's something that you've said to me. I think Dojo U is for individuals to bring something to band. But let me. But it's for them. Okay, fine. That's a nice <laughs> little backpedal you did there. But uh, it's not structured for band. It's structured for individuals. If everybody in your band uh-huh. or any band did the fingerwork course and the instrument course as a prerequisite to being in the band, yeah. That would make your band way Yes, better. it would. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. You just want me to sell a license to you, though. Like, No, I don't want... Uh, what I want is... Because I don't want to do that. Is, I don't, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Is the finger course, how do you do that as an individual? It's one thing. But then coming together as a group, yeah, we're all doing it the same, but are we? You know, it's listening around you. Yeah, but and, that's, that's your job. Well, that's my job. Yeah, that's, the, that's what you do when you get to band. <laughs> See, well, well, we, and we've talked about some yeah. stuff we're working on along those lines. I think bands need help with that, especially the lower grade bands need help with that. Yeah. It, it may seem so simple for the grade two and the grade one bands, but for a grade four or grade five band or a service band, how do I do that? If, I, if I'm doing this finger work exercises, how do I bring that into the circle? And what do I do if I hear something around me that doesn't sound right? And they're doing the same course. Yeah. You know, what are they doing wrong? How are we not blending properly? 
double-edged sword. Yeah, I, I don't know. I have to figure out how to teach that on the internet. Yeah, I, it that's that's the struggle. I don't I don't know if we can teach it on the internet. Meh. Ah, challenge accepted. Well, dojo challenge. dojo can come across that right. There's there's 360 cameras right. Absolutely. I well, um, let's call it. That's two hours square. Right wow, there. cool. That was fun. It goes by fast. Yeah. Although uh, everyone in the room has left since we started, so and it's gotten dark. Well, uh, yeah. Wyatt wanted to play his bagpipe, so. Well, uh, thanks for doing that, and I think we should end as we began with no particular, uh, with no particular rhyme or reason. Fair enough. I'm just going to press the red button. Ready? Please don't hurt. <laughs>